Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's going to be an incredible night tonight. We have some fun stuff to go through and get through before we get to the callers, but I do want to let you know, if you would like to call in and read tonight, you can call the number... 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. Alrighty, we'll get to our callers here in just a little bit. It's going to be a really fun night. It is our first, our show, first show of the month of May, and uh, really excited about this. I put on the uh, announcement, it's uh, because of the Maypole dance and all that stuff, you know, it's like, come tonight and dance with words. I get so corny sometimes. You know, I can't help it. So it's been a real fun week. Some of you who may not know this, I adopted a puppy this week. And God knows why. Because <laughs> having a puppy is like having a child. Um, but yeah, I, I, I adopted a puppy. And it's really funny. Um, he's he's a, uh, from what we can tell, we're doing the DNA test and everything to find out the, the actual. But he's a, a wolf hybrid. And, you know, I was trying to think of this really cool, because I have a cat named Quill. You guys all know that, my white cat with a black tail, and his name's Quill. But I was trying to think of a really cool name, so I was, like, thinking of, you know, naming him Bard of the Poetry Realm, in which this person gave me such a weird name because she's a poet, dog, you know, some really stupid, crazy name. Um, my last cat, you guys know, some of you know this as well, but my last cat was Willis, Lilith, Lilith, don't say this at home, Lilith von Gothica, um, Lilith Desdemona von Gothica was her full name. And you go to a vet and try to explain that to them as they're putting it down, and it's like, yeah, nickname. <laughs> but so I was going to give him like this really stupid, crazy name because, you know, I'm, I think that makes me like this cool, unique individual person, right? But I just kept looking at him, looking at him. He's so dang cute. And so I just ended up naming him Lakota. I mean, how typical is that? But it just fits him. He's so adorable. I'll be posting uh, uh, pictures later. I just had to share. I'm a proud mommy. Proud mommy of my new fur baby. Oh, God, I'm going to be one of them. I swear I will never put him in, like, a hoodie or anything like that, okay? I promise you guys. I'm not going to be that kind of, of of a pet owner. Um you know, I won't be taking picture for his first little little duty in the yard. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, he's so I'm not going to do that. If I do that, someone please stop me. There should be an intervention in there. But I'm so excited because he's so cute. And he howled. <laughs> he howled yesterday. Okay, I'm done. All right. So, <laughs> once again, let me give you the number real quick. It's 646-595-3965. 646-595-3965. All right, so let's go ahead and get to our announcements. 
First thing I want to let you know is if you are interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, you can do so by probably the easiest way would be messaging me on Facebook. So my Facebook, uh, if you're not on my contacts list, it is Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. And you can shoot me over a message, let me know what you'd like to put together. These can be anywhere from 30 minutes long up to three hours, depending on how much time you need. You can pre-record these and or do them live, meaning if you want to pre-record them on your computer and send me the MP3 file after you've edited it and such, you're welcome to do that. Otherwise, we can do a pre-recorded show like this where I call you on the phone and we actually you know, interact and we pre-record it that way. Um, or we can do a combination of both. You can do a live show if you want interaction with the uh, callers, and then like we could play the recording at the beginning of the show and come in at the second half of the show and take questions, that type of thing. It can be on any subject you want. You do absolutely, absolutely do not. In fact, you know, if we we do have some, but you know. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do this is what I'm trying to say because I believe that we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn from each other. And so whatever you're interested in, be it, you know, your favorite era of poetry, your favorite poet, your favorite poem, actually go through an exercise where at the end we have a finished piece of writing where it's an actual workshop step-by-steps on things. Just let me know your idea and we can get that put together and it will be awesome. All right, the next thing I want to do, and this is going to be really fun through the rest of the year, um, the show's been on the air for 12 years, and about the last six years, we've had people helping us with our licensing fees. Uh, the first one was James, uh, one sapien, called in uh, right before the first of the year one year and said that he wanted to sponsor the show for that year, um, which just absolutely blew my mind, and I started crying. And it meant so much to me, I think, when you know when it happened and, and every time it's happened since because it really tells me about the community that we've built here together it really is a you know a great big huge look what you've done guys you know to you from day one you know just this being such an accepting place so nurturing so supportive so inspiring you know so so all-encompassing and so non-elitist. You know, you hear everything here. You're bound to hear about everything here, and you hear about it here. You know, you have the sonnet poets coming in and, you know, being inspired by the street poets, being inspired by the love poets, being inspired by the, the, the social consciousness poets, being inspired by the, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it's just It's just an amazing thing to see, and it really really made me appreciate what you guys have built over the last 12 years as a community of writers. And uh, so this year I did something a little bit different. I put, I did one of those fund me things, you know, on my page. So, hey, it's uh, the end of the year and it's time for speakeasies, licensing thing, and blah, blah, blah. It, it absolutely blew my mind how many of you stepped up to the plate. Normally it's just been a couple, and James always has been our regular since day one helping with the show. But when I did that fund me thing, <laughs> it, it just it blew me away. And so I'm going to list the sponsors, and I'm going to do this at the beginning of every show as a thank you to all of you who, you know, went a little bit above and beyond the norm to support this community that we all love so much. And it just means a lot to us, so thank you. I want to thank James, One Sapien, Sean Gullickson, 
Rosalind Prentice, John Case, Paula Sweet, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Mangus Khan, Ron uh, P. Bremner, Terry Galloway, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Uma Pochampali, Christy Doherty, uh, Julia Vargas, and Michael Engineff. Okay, I'm not saying his last name right. I emailed him and asked him how to say his last name, and I knew I was going to butcher it. So I love you, Michael. Thank you so much. And please help me learn how to say your last name because that's important and respectful. But I don't know how to say your last name right now, and I don't want to mess it up. Anyway, so one of the things that I think is really cool about this list, you guys, all these people who jumped in and helped cover the licensing fee uh, this year who helped me do that, four of them are listeners. Three of them have not called into the show in at least two years. So that's, a, I mean, that that's what that's what this community is. You know, there, there's people who haven't called in a couple of years, but it still meant enough to their lives, and you guys meant enough to them, and they thought that this, what you guys have built here, is important enough that they, that even though they have not called in personally, and read their stuff on the air in, in at least two years, they were still here. They're still here. You know, four of them are people who call in who don't write or don't call in and read their stuff. They just sit, they, they come here every week and listen to you. You know, you wonder if you have an impact on people. Four of these people on this list are listeners. They have never called into the show. They've never read poetry. And two of them don't write poetry. So... That's a, that's a pretty big kudos to you guys, and I want to thank all of you. I want to thank all of you that built the community. I want to thank all of you who stepped up to the plate this year and helped me cover those, uh, pitched in, help uh, cover those licensing fees for the year. Love you guys very much, and on behalf of everybody for the Speakeasy Cafe, you're the most awesomest in the world. All right, so now, next thing I want to do. At the beginning of every show, I always give out a writing exercise, a writing prompt, and a journal assignment. The journal assignment is part of our New Year's resolution where everything is in baby steps, okay? You have a goal that you want to reach at the end of the year. How do you do that? You break it down into baby steps. I want to have a new chat book out by the end of the year. How am I going to do that? Twelve steps. Twelve months, twelve steps. Write down twelve baby steps, twelve things you need to do each month to push you closer to that goal. All right, one of the things that I shared at the beginning of the year for a uh, a goal for yourselves is I wanted you to go out and buy yourself a journal or a spiral notebook, something like that, and a new pen. There's nothing in the world as cool as holding a perfect pen in your hand. We all have our favorites. Uh, but to get the journal and to get the pen, because your hand writes differently, your brain writes differently. Your, your, when you hand write something, what you're going to write is going to be so different from what you would write if you were sitting down and writing on the computer. The reason being is that when your hand writes, your brain can only write as, go as fast as your – it forces your brain to slow down with the rate that you write, hand write. Where on the computer, you usually can type a lot faster. Then, so you're able to think faster, things slow faster, and a lot of people think that's better, but it isn't always. You know, deliberately – Make your hand. You're going to do enough writing on the computer. That's just the generation and the type of people that we are. But part of being a writer is discipline. Part of being a writer is doing things that you know that you know is going to make you jump out of your comfort zone, stretch you, do things. So forcing yourself to sit and handwrite if you're not if you're someone who normally types on the computer, it's really going to be a different world. 
and what you create is going to be different. And I cannot stress that enough how important it is to do that. So your journal assignment, and every week I give you a journal assignment because you have your brand new journal, right? So your journal assignment for this week is called Trashy Tales, all right? I want you to take a walk around the block near your house or by your work, uh, anywhere you can think of, you know, just go maybe your local park or whatever, your dog park. <laughs> and I want you to make a list of all the pieces of litter and discarded items and trash you see along the way. All right. But don't just write down uh soda can or write down a uh, cigarette pack. All right, I want you to pay attention. Part of being a poet is, or a writer at all or an artist, a creative human being, part of it is being able to look at the world through a thousand eyes. So pay attention to things like, like are they in a place of interest? And jot that down. Um, if there are a few things laying together, write down how they might relate. Uh, look at them as clues, meaning don't just note the item themselves, but also how they blend into or stand out in or relate to or tell a story about the environment they're in, you know. So kind of think about that. Is there is there a whole bunch of cigarettes against a light post outside of the coffee shop where that beautiful, you see a beautiful barista working? Okay. So kind of think about how how you can weave these things, how you can find the fingerprints of these items and how they relate to the environment that you find them in. I want you to pay attention to everything. Like, um, is it fresh? Is it a cigarette butt that's been thrown down that's still smoking? Or is it like an old paper coffee cup that's been run over and flattened and worn and half missing? Pay attention to absolutely everything, like the the, uh, telephone pole full of concert flyers and pet missing posters and events and political and social appeal things and garage sale signs. You know, could trash be that shopping cart in the bushes? Is that considered trash? Could it be an abandoned car? Is that considered trash? So be really aware and push yourself out of your normal realm of thinking. And have fun with this. This is a really fun exercise. So I'm hoping that uh, you guys will take your journal out for a walk and do this because it's, it's a lot of fun. And you would be surprised what it will prompt. Okay. When you're done writing all that, when you get that list done, by the way, what are you, obviously what I want you to do is sit down and write uh, a poem or prose or a story based on the items that you see laying around uh, or several of the items or kind of, you know, however you want to put them together, just one that stood out completely or one that, um, you know, a series of things that really kind of fit together funny or whatever. You know what I mean? Okay. So I was working so hard getting that put together that when I got down to the writing exercise, because this is the first, today's the first day. Normally I plan for the show all week, but today I did it in like 15 minutes before the show. <laughs> maybe a little more, maybe like an hour and a half before the show. But I spent so much time on the first part that I look up and I look at time and it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do for my exercises? I didn't know I did that. Okay. So you could really ease one. We're going to get a rerun. But this is a really fun one, an exercise. Now, an exercise is not meant to create a great, fantastic piece of writing. It's exactly what it sounds like. You're exercising. You're sweating. You're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. You're, you know, you got your, you got your sweats on. Your hair is pinned up. You don't look good. There's, you don't got no makeup on. You know, this is when you get down and dirty and have fun and, and make messy with your muses. Okay? So don't be afraid to write crap. Is basically what I'm saying. Have fun. You're going to write a whole. You're going to write. I always tell you that you're going to write. You know, maybe 
a handful of really great, great poems in your life. And you're going to write armloads of good poems. But to get there, you're going to have to write a lot of crap. And you can't be afraid of writing crap. When you put that kind of pressure on yourself, that's when you start choking. That's when you start pissing off your muses. That's when you start thinking you have writer's block. You end up getting yourself in a writing rut and writing the same poem over and over and over again because you don't have anything anyway. So you don't want to do that. All right, so exercising. Writing exercises are important because they just make your pen move. The more your pen moves, the more you're exercising that creative side of your brain. The more you exercise something, the stronger it gets. All right, so I want you to get a highlighter. And I want you to take the pick up if you've got a magazine handy. Uh, newspaper works great. I like the, using the newspaper a lot. But you take the newspaper and you take the highlighter and you start reading down the page. You don't have to read every single story. Just start glancing through all the articles and highlighting every sentence that you think sounds cool or that catches your interest. You just start highlighting them. And then I normally will take the scissors and I go and I cut them all out and then I piece them together that way. But you don't need to do that. You can type them out or you can write them on a paper, whatever whatever is fun for you. But I want you to go through all of the sentences that you highlighted on that page and create a poem out of them. And you can change them a little bit if you need to. You can add a sentence here or a word there if you need to, but using the sentences that you highlighted from the newspaper. And, and write a poem about that. It's really fun doing this because it really makes it forces you to think about things you would never think about, or it's it's really good at that. It's making you make really good at making you look at odd subjects in very strange ways. All right, your writing prompt for the week. Your writing prompt is exactly what it sounds like. It's planting a seed. I want you to. This is intended to create a piece of poetry at the end. But a prompt is very, like I said, it is a seed. It's very loose in interpretation. So. I plant the seed, and whatever it grows into, that's up to you. The writing prompt can be the title of the poem. It can be the uh, a line in the poem. It can be the concept of the poem. It can be the thought that triggered the thought that created the poem, such as someone asked me, how, can that, how, can, how does that work? And it's like, so the prompt for tonight is blues. Blues. So you could think of music as the blues. You could think about emotional blues. You could think about a color. So blues, oh, that makes me think of indigo or robin's egg blue. or And you write a poem called indigo or, you, or robin's egg blue. All right, so blue was the word that prompted that poem, even though the word blue may not be in there at all. You understand what I'm saying? So whatever it works into, that's up to you. So have fun with that. If you do write that, you know, if you do any writings off of the exercises, prompts, or assignments that I give, bring them back if you want to read them on the show. I love, I love getting that kind of feedback. That's uh, super rewarding for me to see what see what these things grow into from you guys. So yeah, the writing prompt for this week is blues. All right, the next thing we have. We play a track, so I'm going to do that in a moment. But it is also the first Thursday of the month, and after about eight, nine years of being on the show, actually, maybe, this was just a year ago or something. I get so lost on time. Time goes so fast. But I never read or played any of my poetry on the show because I figured that, you know, you guys hear me talk enough, and I didn't, you know, there's, uh, you know, so I just didn't. I never read any of my stuff on there, and I got yelled at for that, and 
so what we did <laughs> uh, is come to the compromise that on the first show of the month that I would read or play one of my, I would read a poem or play one of my tracks. So I'm going to do that tonight, and then I'm going to play a track. So we'll get to that in just a second. So the I was going to play a track, but I looked through them, and I haven't recorded anything new um, in a while because I I have actually I haven't set up my studio uh, since I moved into the new house. So I was looking through them. I was like, I don't want to play. You know, that's going to be boring. They've heard all this stuff. So I went through my files, and I found a piece that I really love, actually. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say that you love your own writing. It's okay say that you to say that you wrote something you're proud of. You know, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of vanity. You know, when you're really proud of something like this, I love the way this came out. You know, I, I think that, you know, us being shy, humble poets, the quiet poet, the timid poet, you know, no. You know, we have something to say, so we should say it. We have a voice. We write things. You know, I believe that we write things because we see the world differently, and it's important for us that somebody understands what we are seeing. Um, so just remember that it's okay to say, I love this poem I wrote. Okay. So anyway, but I do love this poem I wrote. It's actually a series of poems that I have written for my sister, Leah, and she, she and I write back and forth to each other. And we write in a very strange language. And this is just, we, we write from an ancient place. You know, I, I don't know how it started, but it just did. And so I have a whole series of these um, honoring her. And this is one of my favorites that I've written for her. And it's called Birth of the Aurora. The Birth of the Aurora. There's a place where arches frame the sky. They were ancient even then. The steps where we played amongst the rubble. Do you remember dancing with things we had no name for? Meet me there tonight. Let us meet there on top of the pillar, the one we would sit on, the highest place we could climb. Do you remember the way I blew stars in your hair and kissed your cheeks pink? Do you remember how when you laughed it painted the sky, how the sound of it came alive? how it did glow and dance with your colors. And that was the birth of the aurora for my sister, Leela. All right. So now I am going to play the audio track. And if you are a recording artist or you would like to have, you know, you just have something that you record on the computer, whatever it is, you can email those to me. The word that is in the email title name. It is the T-H-E, the Speakeasy Cafe at gmail.com, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put MP3, audio file, something like that, in the header on the email for me, and we can get that downloaded and uploaded to the show. And I did get a couple in from, new ones in from Carlos, written in pain, that for some reason I cannot download on my computer. They try to open up as a movie file, even though they say they're an MP3 file. So if anyone has any clue what that's about, let me know. So yeah, I'd love to be able to get those get those put on there. All right, so the track that I picked out to play tonight is by Dakota Wint, and it is I Hope You Think of Me. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
wanted to be the one to show you the world. I wanted to take you to the Eiffel Tower in Paris or kiss you under a moonlit Rome. Like the things that would happen in the Colosseum, I wanted to rip you apart in the most poetic way. I wanted to go snorkeling in Aruba. I wanted to see the coral beneath our feet. Everywhere I wanted to be, I wanted to be there with you. I wanted it to be so that no matter what, every time you saw an airplane, you'd think of me. Or any time you'd see the moon reflect in someone else's eyes. Whenever you found yourself driving through a neighborhood full of mansions just to plan out your dream life, I hope you think of me. Because I remember waking up next to you and the way the sunlight would hit your face and the floating dust speckled around you. I just wanted to drown in your like a beautiful still in a moving world. Time seemed to slow down whenever you were near me. If you've ever been in a car accident or a near-death experience, you know what I mean. It's a beautiful bliss where time stops and you're shown your life. All the bad choices that led you to this moment. In a weird way, you're kind of the reason I don't regret anything in life. I remember when we were upstairs and you told me that you wanted to die. let someone see who you really are and to be real for just once in your life. You put your mask down and looked at me with your heart through watery eyes. We could talk for hours about how many terrible things happen to good people. But one thing I learned from you is that even sunflowers don't last forever. They show up for a little bit as the seasons change to remind you that, hey, forever, I didn't think it'd come so soon. I prided myself on being able to make you smile when things would get bad. Of course, I was usually the reason they were bad, but we didn't make sense. And we didn't have to. Like a statue of our waxed hands fallen and morphed from aging. I remember you told me that you felt me slipping through your fingers. I laughed and said the only thing slipping through your fingers is mine. But you were right of the world pulled me right through. So whenever you feel sad, just look at your wrists. Every pissed off morning, you'd have to wake up before my parents caught you sleeping over. Every Slurpee I brought to your cosmetology school, and every time you'd sneak over and sleep instead of going to class. When you bleached my hair orange, when you ruined all of our pillows and you dyed your hair red. How we could watch Harry Potter and Twilight on repeat. When I ate a wheat chocolate bar and freaked out. Every time you'd storm out the front door and how funny it was that you ended up kissing me five minutes after. That time you slapped me. Or like the first time I saw you walking towards me. Or how you were obsessed with taking pregnancy tests. Or how we lost a little version of ourselves. Whenever you look at your wrists, I hope you think of me. And I hope you think of everything that we used to be. Again, the number, 646-595-3965, 646-595-3965.
If you are on hold, this is what you can expect tonight. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code, I'm looking for my pen as we speak, 910 is our first caller tonight, so listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, and this is very important, please remember to introduce yourself so people know who's reading and your name is attached to your work. Please, please, that is very important. When you come on, say, hi, this is me, and I'm going to read poems to you tonight. And I'm going to go, yay. <laughs> so make sure that you introduce yourself. Right now, we are going to be able to do two poems. Uh, if that changes at any point, depending on how full our lines get tonight, if they get super busy, then we're going to have to cut you back to one. But I'm going to try to keep the two-poem limit uh, up as long as I, as I can. And... Uh, be courteous to the people waiting in line behind you. Try to keep it right around the five-minute mark, and we'll be good to go. Then when you're done reading, be sure to give out your URL. You want to make sure that people know how to come find you and get to know you and your work better. And remember that we do have a mature rating. That means you're bound to and more than likely will hear just about anything tonight, with the exception of hardcore erotica. We do not have an adult rating. So no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, we're going to be good to go. All right? So once again, let me go ahead before we start, grab uh, 910. I'm going to give the first three callers so you kind of know where you are in the lineup. So, of course, 910 is first. Then we have 419 following that with 832 and then 219. So... That's our first three callers after 910. Let's go ahead and grab them. 910, no, you're on the air. Uh, all right, I just, I, I just always am counting as the people's hands around me. But I feel very dirty. I'm hearing something I shouldn't hear. So we're going to let him finish his conversation, and we're going to grab the next caller, then we're going to go back. I think that was... I hope I'm not wrong, but I think that was Glenn. I'm not sure. All right, 419, are you with us? Yes, Nyla, how are you? Hey, girl, it's been a bit. How are you doing? It's been a bit. Been busy. (laughs) Busy and stressed, (laughs) and that's okay. In the drywall business with new construction, it's just been hectic lately, so. (laughs) I can imagine. Yeah. Oh, it's a nightmare. (laughs) I just go to work and So who am I talking to? Hint, hint. Uh, you know, uh, Agent 419, hint, hint. Agent 419. Mm-hmm. I can't give away my alias. No, I was kidding. Uh, <laughs> this is Shelly Gambino. <laughs> I was about ready to poke you through the phone. <laughs> I, I felt that, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Shelly Gambino, for those that may not know who I am. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so what do you have for us tonight, share. my darling? Um, I have a, we're only doing one, right? That, yeah, that's right. No, you can do two. We're, you're on the two point. I can do two. Okay, well, this first one I'll do, and if it's too lengthy at the end, tell me if I have time to do another one or not. I don't know because I didn't read it in time myself. So uh, I have one okay. called the 10 Cent Dime Store Plastic Ring, and I will write it, read it. Um, I went down south. I was down in the mouth, not having a real good time. Looking for a love, looking for a woman, looking for some angel I can call mine. Then one day, out of the blue, someone caught my eye. I found my catch at the local five and dime. She was all alone, standing in the checkout line. One stare, one glare, one glance. I figured this is my chance. I grew bold and puffed my chest, told myself I got this. And then right right then, oh, Lord, I grew a set. 
I walked right up to her and asked her out to dinner. My heart had said to me, this girl, I have to win her. I picked her up in my flatbed truck and gave her daisies and water in a solo cup. We drove to a drive through at the edge of town. She took me up on my offer and did not turn me down. This woman won my heart from the very start. This queen I knew I would have to make mine and crown. The day finally came. It was pouring rain. We was hiking in a field of trees. At the right moment and exactly precise time, I dropped down to my knees. I asked her, hey, hun, will you marry me? Looking up at her, looking down at me. Why me? Why, hell yeah, was her reply as I looked at her and told her that I was her guy. You and I have not but two pennies to rub together, so how on earth could we pay for it? Put our love on some sort of layaway plan? Of course I want to be your lady and for you to be my man, but with our salaries combined, it wouldn't cover the cost of an average wedding today. You shovel barnyard manure just to get by, and I scrape nickels the best I can. So I turned to her and said, it's okay, my love. I got an alternative plan. We can save a lot by not having a reception. The seeds had grown into the love we planted. I knew I just had to make her mine. Bound and determined, I needed a new plan. So I toiled, shoveled, scrimped, and saved my every dime. Because the love we have for each other is a love like any is not like any other. She makes my heart go all fluttered. I turned to her to say, we will find our way. We have all the wantingness and the power of will. And even though we have no money, I will always love you still. The ring, the ring, the ring, she said. With no nickels left to spare, what shall we do with a little dough to present my gift of love to you so you know? All honey, all is cute and all, and just the thought alone hits my crazy bone. I'll tell you, and this is where you go. At the end of our street, there is a store with discounts, bargain sales, and so much more. And you can go in, and all will be fine. You can go right ahead and make your selection of purchase at that local five and dime where I first saw you on that very first day, where our eyes first met, and I looked deep into your soul. The price, it don't mean nothing, for it is a memory it represents. The memory of us, the memory of our love. A million dollars would never change a thing. I would be the luckiest, happiest man in the world with you and that 10-cent dime store plastic ring. Happily, after more manure was shoveled and three and a half kids later, they decided that they were content and that the money of their marriage was very well spent. See, it wasn't the cost of monetary value at all. The point was that they had each other and never let the other one fall, plastic ring and all. The bond of them grew so tight that after the I do's with no reception, they woke up rich for the rest of their lives with each other to have and to hold every single night. They are blessed with the simple things in life. Love being the biggest gift to each other. Love the best gift of all. The end. (laughs) That was so cute and quaint and sweet. You know what it made me think of? (laughs) I was... (laughs) I can't even remember why I was doing it, but I was looking up. I was trying to identify a, was it a door or a grate? Some, I was trying to identify something that came off a building. And someone told me that they thought it looked like it's something that came off an old Woolworths building. I don't know if you guys remember those mm-hmm. Woolworths stores, I mean, yep. little five and dimes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was looking up pictures to see if I could identify or locate or a building. That's what it was. There was another picture, and I was trying to find out which Woolworths it was in front of. So I was trying to compare the door frames. And I found this picture of this black man and this white woman in the 60s getting married in the cafe of 
an old Woolworth store where they met. I thought that that was really really cool. So when you were reading your poem, it made me think about that, Um, you know, which back in the day, that was pretty freaking controversial and stuff. But, you know, it just, it warmed my heart. It absolutely just, I just just thought it was the most endearing thing. So the entire time that you were reading that, I was thinking about that that couple, you know, standing there in the the five and dime where they met, getting married. Uh Yeah, because, like, um, some gentleman actually texted me uh, well, on Facebook. I post my stuff on Facebook on various sites. And he said that it, it, his wife had passed on and that it reminded him of their marriage and everything that it meant to him. And he thanked me for sharing it. And I thought that was really neat. Um, uh-huh. And I know in my own life, uh, my wedding rings were actually bought at a pawn store because I didn't need the richest brand new stuff. So, yeah, and my reception was at a, in a barn. <laughs> The pawn store rings have the bad luck already used out of them. So, you know, all you have left is good luck, right? Well, well, mine was actually, I took it and got it appraised, and it was actually worn about 15 years uh, by the time I got it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It was neat. (laughs) But, um, yeah, and then um, I do have one more if I have time to share it called Goodbye. Is it long or short? No, it's shorter than that. Yeah, it's shorter. Okay. It's it's a lot shorter than that one. <laughs> um, it's called Goodbyes Embrace. Goodbyes are always inevitable. This much is true. Nothing is ever worse than having to say goodbye to you, knowing the time is drawing near and eventually will to us be fall. Never wanting our time to end, standing in front of you, looking into your eyes, mine begin to moist and wet swell. As you embrace me one last time before my departure, the goodbye is always the hardest part. Silently I stand embraced in your arms. With deep solace, I shyly turn my head as the teardrops cascade down, one by one until I drown, willing them to dry up and go away, just like I don't want to leave you today. Each and every time we are left having to say goodbye, it never gets any easier as the moment has now arrived. Sadness wells in silence I choke, painful on the inside, a place I do not like to feel, a place I would rather hide, not wanting to be. So next time when we have to say goodbye, let's just turn and simply say, I'll see you later. Here's to one day sooner. Here's to the next time. Because tomorrow, no matter the distance and the miles that keeps us apart, my dear love, I love you. Always waking up with you in my heart. So don't be sad or have any thoughts of pain. We will be together enough soon enough again. And may it comfort you to know I loved you today and will always love you even more tomorrow. Thank you, my dear sweet love. I shall always carry you in my thoughts and in my heart as well. Even though physically we cannot be, our spirits will continue to dance together. As the ghost of our goodbye says goodnight, leaving me looking most forward to the rest of my tomorrow. As long as tomorrow is another day closer to being with you, I'm okay with this, loathing always to say goodbye. I simply cannot wait to you, my love, to urgently say hello. The end. Beautiful piece, honey. Very heartfelt, I could tell. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. You. All right, love. Tell everyone how they can come find you. Yep, um, I'm on Facebook. I'm I'm Shelly Gambino, and then I also have my own page where I just put my poetry only um, for poetical. It's poetical, not political. Poetical intrigue is my page, so you can find poetry on that as well on Facebook. Perfect. Can- All right, sweetheart. Good to hear from you, and I hope you call back in next week. I will I will try to make an appointment to that. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, H419. 
Yep, and my favorite color is blue, so I have no excuse not to do your assignment as well. Good girl. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to go ahead and jump back up here and no, grab sorry, 910 again. You know, like, you know, I had to come back and go, what the fuck, man? What was it that I really experienced? Right. 910, are you there? Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Hold on. I appreciate you coming over to talk to me. Hey. Are you there? I am here. Are you there? Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was talking to somebody. So, really? Uh, I felt well, like an eavesdropper. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear it? <laughs> yes. I heard oh, I'm we, sorry. we took you first. You were first, and then we had to go take another call because I felt real uncomfortable. I was like, I don't know if we're supposed to be hearing this. So I we, we oh. put you back on hold, took another caller. Now I'm coming back to you this time because, yeah, you were talking I a lot. I appreciate that. Yeah, we we <laughs> we were getting into lifestyles, to say yeah. the least. Hold on, let me so, uh, do something real quick. All right, there you are, ma'am. Can you use some help? Let me help this lady real quickly. Can I help you with oh, that? Oh, sure. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so used to doing this. No okay. problem. Thank you so much. You have a good night. Thank you. All right, so. <laughs> that was back awesome. To the so what do you got for me? No, what do you got for me? Well, I try. I was going to listen to that thing you, you, you recorded. But I got caught up talking to this this person, and uh, and I was kind of like, "Damn it, man! I really want to hear that." So I'll go back on uh, on Blog Talk and, and download uh, uh, the recording and, and listen to it. Okay. Uh, all right. So well, I'm glad you're here. Finally, what do you have for us? All right. So I think I'm gonna do. I'm going to do, we're doing two to start off, right? This is Glenn Still, yeah. by the way. He isn't very good at introducing himself. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. When a dog breaks his chains, gets his paws into the pavement, free to run, ain't no wonder he don't want to go back. He learns quickly. Home is where you are. Got a nose for survival. Got a beating heart. Knows how to avoid the dog snatchers. They come in many forms. But that when that dog knows how to suss them out, he can smell a shapeshifter a mile away. Can't be caught, runs with the wolves from time to time. But a dog knows every wolf has bad intentions. So he learns his lessons. Double fast. Doesn't join up with the pack. He goes where he wants. When dog lays down, He's got senses other canines have never employed. Got four eyes open. Got a million ears. Can distinctly hear between the chatter and the traffic. Knows the difference between bullshit and reality. When dog breaks loose from the bone, he ain't never going back. Never going to let his guard down. When he dreams, he does it on intervals. Sees dog paradise. The only one he can see. At the time the dog spends off the leash is only a reason to stay prepared. Don't take that four-legged animal up the, of many street fights for granted. He's got scars, and he's earned every one of them. Because that kind of dog will bite the hand that feeds it. 
if you do him harm. He might starve for a day or two, but he will find a meal in a garbage can and eat like he's fine dining. When a dog knows he's been mistreated, there ain't no man's best friend. He'll back you up against the wall. He don't bark, just smells your fear, bears his teeth, knows that if he wanted, you're his for the hunt. Turns away and jaunts off, says, fuck this. So instead, discount the truth. So, so go ahead and discount the truth. The reality is a dog loves himself first. A dog just wants to be loved, but not at the expense of pain and breaking chains. This is called Breaking Chains, and my name is Glenn Still. You know, I love, I love poems that, I mean, if you're talking about an actual wolf, it fits perfectly. I'm talking about dog. The- not the wolf. Wolves are a com- different type of community than a dog. Yeah, but you're talking dogs about this, the you know, how this, the dog this, is different from the wolf. But you're talking about, I mean, it fits that perfectly. But it does, when you it were does, reading it parts of that, Glenn, the wolf, yeah. Yeah. So, but when you were reading parts of that where you said um, when it, when it, something about when it gets off the leash and its mail, nails sink in the pavement, it's gone. Home is where you are. That struck such a chord with me because of my past, my childhood, growing up. And I remember that when I broke that leash, I was gone. And I never looked back, and home is where I was. And and th- I, that made it so personal for me that when I was listening to it, you know, and thinking about the nature, you know, some people's nature, you know, and then when you said the line, uh, it will bite the hand that feeds it. You know, it's like I, I will trust you until you hit me, and then I will bite the hand that feeds me. You know, I, I related to that so well. I can't even tell you. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I really, really did. Yeah, I think a lot of people could relate to that if they put them, if they had the synchronicity within themselves to, you know, understand where they are. But uh, mm-hmm. then there's always captivity. You know. Captivity does a lot of people really well, you know. I mean, I say that ironically, you know, with facetiousness. I know. Mm-hmm. But uh, so here's my second piece. I'm going to start off with this uh, this opening. This is not part of the poem, but I'm not going to interlude on it. This is the interlude. You might think I'm insane, but I've got a horde of personalities in my mind. If I write each one out, we trade it off. Both of us stay free. Glenn Still. The beautiful reason I don't miss you is due to our departure. No one got hurt. I got words to say, but I doubt you'll ever hear the treaty in my mind. I ain't saying I want you back, but the beautiful reason is I try to forget about thinking I'm missing you because I miss the me and us. What was, but never was, expected to last. The beautiful reason why we wrapped it up, found ourselves again, was because we didn't miss each other enough. A beautiful reason to move on. It's called Beautiful Reason, and my name is Glenn Still. <laughs> that was incredible. That was brilliant. That was absolutely amazing, Glenn. You always say that. Well, you know that I'm a fan. I have been commenting on your poetry for at least, well, 12 years on the show, and I knew you before I ever started doing this show. I, you know what? They must be blocking your comments, then. You know, I, not, I mean, 
Believe me Go when ahead, I say I'm that. Sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. This. I don't. That's not something that I don't think is an impossibility because, you know, I have enough time fighting with these fucking social media things that, um, you know, just to stay online, you know, because of my social. I heard you talking about, you know, you know, the poets that come on there. Some of them are social activists, social conscious, you know, uh, you know, whatever, you know, political things like that. And um, I've had my share of uh, of abuse from a number of these things, you know. But I still mm-hmm. stay in the game, you know. But so you got a dog, huh? I did, uh, and ironically enough, a wolf hybrid. No way. Absolutely. He's going to be huge. He's going to be humongous. He already is. He's nine weeks old and weighs twenty pounds. My gosh! You better watch him. You know what? There's one thing you've got to be aware of with a hybrid. He will only take to one person. Okay, that will be his offense. That will be you. So I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck if he's beautiful and kind and all that stuff. You need to. I'm not saying you need to keep him on a leash, but you just need to let people know that this is my this is my partner. Okay, so mm-hmm. don't step over the don't step don't step across the line with me. Okay, because if you do, yeah. and believe me, I know that because I, I've been around hybrids before, and I've. I've never had one, but I've been with They're people that have them. They're not dogs. They're not domesticated, and they never will become domesticated until, well, until they're fucking cloned and GMO'd and whatever, you know, DNA'd and all that stuff. But you're not going to take the wolf out of the out of the wolf. You can take the wolf out of the fort, out of the you know country, but you can't take the wolf out of the wolf. And nope. it doesn't matter if they're hybrids or not. So. Um, I'm I'm glad to hear that you did get a hybrid because I think they need more um, more prolific uh, um, registry in our society because they're not really they're not hunters and they're that's the thing about them they're not hunters you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. and um, I don't know I knew I don't know if you know the person I'm getting ready to talk about I'm not going to mention their name um, but um, uh, a, a person down south that had a hybrid, and she was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I went and, and she loved me, you know what I mean. But she looked at me like, "If you fuck my boy around, I will, I will probably have to eat you," you know. And it's like, uh-huh. "Okay, I get you," you know. But she used to just run, uh, run the gamut around Louisiana, right, around his territory, and some farmer shot her, shot her dead. Yeah, anytime you, anytime you take him out in any kind of a rural environment, you have to put a, a bright orange vest no, on him. No, this wasn't rural. This was out in the fucking country. I'm talking about farm to farm, like two or three miles away. Exactly, exactly. How... Anytime you take him outside into any type of a, and rural being countryside, forest, anything like that. Anytime you take them oh, out okay. in an area where they can be identified, then they need to have a bright, they're legally are supposed to wear a bright orange vest so that, People don't see it and take a sporting pop shot at your dog. Well, that that I don't know if that's a federal law, but it w- it wasn't the case there, and I don't think he even thought about that happening. But um, when I heard about it, you know, uh, I was devastated, you know, because yeah. that was the most beautiful canine I've ever met in my life, you know. Uh, but I'm so. What'd you name? What'd you name the 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 wolfman? Is it a boy or girl? Boy. Ah, uh, the wolf man. 
I'm gonna call him. <laughs> I'm gonna call him the Wolf Man. Glenn, tell everyone call. how they can find you. <laughs> uh, you know how to find me. Just Google me. I'm on uh, Facebook uh, exclusively right now. Soundtrack or SoundCloud. Uh, I don't know. I'm all over the place. Just Google Glenn, my still name. Google him, you guys. All right, guys. Be peace. Thank you, Glenn. Great job tonight, honey. Love you, Naya. Love you too, hon. Bye. All right, that was Mr. Glenn Still. Let's go ahead and take our next caller, which comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. Hello, Miss Nyla. Well, hello, sir. How are you, my darling? Eh, I'm all right. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hi, who do we have here? Nobody. You know, sometimes yeah, I wish I was nobody, because you know how much fun nobody has? <laughs> All right. Who ate the cookies? Hey. Nobody. All right. Who stole my daughter's virginity? <laughs> nobody. <laughs> there you go. Or, or, or my favorite follow-up, I was dead at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, Soldier Blue Blue. Better known hey, as or Rafe Wild, better known as Soldier Blue Blue. Yeah, also known as nobody sometimes, you know. You're never nobody. But, uh, yeah, well, sometimes I feel like it. But that's okay, too, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm in one of those places kind of in between and all. Uh, so I read this story, and I already know somebody's lying, so... It's not going to be, well, not that you know, a lot of my work is pretty anyway, but this is definitely not going to be pretty. And, All right. Um, wait a minute, so, wait a minute. i got to seatbelt myself in, put my seat oh, in yeah. the right Oh, strap in, baby girl, because we're we going, we going on a ride. Okay. We're good. I'm good. All right. All right. We're going, um, yeah. going on a ride. Extinguishing flammable blocks. All right. Hey. Okay, and this... uh. This work is called uh, Silent Sister and Found Dogs. And uh, you can already tell what's going just by the title, I'm sure. Scourged, rough-shaped, bare pinions of a silent sister spirit, limp form upon the stone of tears yet to be shed. Snarl of hair, a tangle at the nape of her neck, Ripped clothes, mauled by dodge, stronger. Fear rippling with the mist, pressure applied for an immediate media statement. Was it a killing? Did my sister die so that the lives of someone else could continue, echo on, go on? Soft tissue, blood flow, arterial spatter, they are stalling the outcome of the autopsy. What is left? What is not being spoken of? How much knowledge is being strangled into jet-blank silence? Why was my sister lying sodden limp in the early a.m. commuters' water treatment work to find her dew-drenched body strong, slack, just laying there? What has happened? To my silent sister, 
what human depredations took place before the dogs found her. What are you law enforcement officials hiding, lying about by omission? I smell the stench of your pretense attempts at investigation and possible redress. Flesh-bonded bones, Juahi, young, female, native, indigenous, born of Little Grand Rapids First Nation. Do you see her eagle stick shadow waving in the dawn? Oh, indigenous, that's it, isn't it? Just another dead ending. Move along, nothing to see here. The crows fly thermals above the sounds of my screaming. You are lying! I scream behind one more bitter telltale smile. I smell the stench foulness death in the stillborn airs of dawn. The dawn light reveals her body, my silent sister, your body of lies. My silent sister, another red dress hung with care and dripping sorrows and rage. Gibakon, stirring, whirling a dervish of fire in the gripping touch of the wind. The will of waiting relations, waiting for a real answer. And so it begins again and again. What happened to my silent sister? Dogs only attacked like that by opportunity. Oh, the smell of fresh blood. Well, so I know you lie. What injuries inflicted by human factors caused their canine interest in my sister? Tracing the steps of her shadow back to her home place. Why don't you speak of the consequences of being young, childbearing, and native, indigenous, for that is her greater crime, yeah? Describe why don't you what it is to wake, walking between the, the two walks of two worlds, when sometimes there's not even enough air to breathe. Neon. The stars shine with soft memory. The winds murmur with softened interest, the words rasping yet necessary to say this was the end of our young one, another native red earthen silent sister, blood falls fallow upon sacred ground, she looks through me with bone hollow stares, she knows all that befell her. Events, missing words like missing teeth to be found and replaced, made from the vocabulary of knowing. Truth in her echoes can be heard, can be hard to hold. We shall sift the earth that was your last bed. The stairs, the stains, the stones that were beneath Tasting their forthcoming dreaming knowledge. And so find the hidden passages of your story, the crooked, thus laid straight of our sister, our now silenced 
sister. We should make sure her story is not so wrapped in that same murdered silence shall be spoken. Nonke Ujonge Uwekni and peace. You know, when that that piece that one subject comes up often in your writing. I know that it's probably out of all of the the socially conscious things that you're trying to make the world open their eyes up to and see the injustices of and and the fights that the things that you have chose to raise a fist in that that is probably the nearest and dearest to your heart the one that you're most passionate about because it does touch a lot of what you write about and I want to kind of touch on the way the way that you use words to provoke such a strong, strong image in the reader's mind. And please forgive me if I say these incorrectly because I jotted them down really fast while you were, you said one and then you said another one and I grabbed the other one and I tried to go back up to the first one. So if I get these wrong, please forgive me, but the concept is there. So you're trying to describe, and I can tell, you know, as you start, uh, as you start reading it, that you're you're describing a skull. You know, a young a young woman's skull laying in the dirt somewhere, found found under pine needles, wherever it was. You know, you're you're looking at a murdered woman's skull, and you said, you know, look, and forgive me if I get this wrong again, but something about looking through you with stone hollow eyes. And then and bone hollow stairs. Bone ho- bone hollow stairs. See, I knew I would get it wrong. Bone hollow stairs. So you say that the bone that was it bone hollow stairs. I mean, that is so strong. That imagery in that is so strong that instantly you're taken to those empty eye sockets. And then immediately you come back with the line loosely interpreted to be uh missing words like missing teeth. You know, yeah. and you think about you think about first I mean, first of all, missing teeth. These are young women. Why would she have teeth missing if she didn't come to a violent end? And the injustice of her skull being out there so long that time has eroded. You know, all of these things play into that, that one sentence that you said. It it provokes all these super strong images in the readers or in the readers and or listeners' mind. And it's a perfect example of what I'm talking about when I tell people to look for that strong, surprising imagery that catches the reader, listener off guard and makes them go, wow, and makes that line stand out. So thank you. You were my, you were my poster child of the week talking about concrete images. <laughs> I'll do my best. I, I can't stand it when I read another when I when I read another story about one of my sisters. Mm-hmm. It pains me deeply. I know. I haven't got the. I haven't got. Can't stand it. You know. I, I, there's no way I'm gonna stay silent when they're when they're trying to act like, oh well, dogs did it. Yeah, okay, you're lying to me already. Well, that that should be nothing new. That shouldn't surprise you. Of course, they are, right? Oh, I know that. And, you know, but it's just it's just like you know, it's like that buzz. You know, it's like that. It's like when you've already been hit by the taser 
five times and they decide they just need to do one more just to be sure. You yeah. know, that, that kind of a joke. I get tired of that, man. And, you know, it's like one of those things that, that I talk about in terms of, you know, when I'm, when I, when I'm talking to people, you know, it's like you see these kids and they go into the zoo and they have a stick in their hand and they start poking it through the bars at the animal there. And it's like, well, how long do you think that animal's going to take that before he comes back at you with everything he or she has? Talons, canines, everything they've got. Well, same thing for you my people. You ever seen a penguin back slap? To... I mean, a flipper. You oh, can throw I'm telling you. There. A penguin slap is yeah. a bit. Oh, yeah. You know, so, yeah. I mean, that's just like, you know, that's like I say, that's the same for us. It is exactly the same for us. I use that when I talk about domestic violence all the time, you know, because, you know, I, I think that, it's all, uh, domestic violence or anything in life is always he said, she said, and the truth lies in the middle. You know, and I've seen girls get up in a man's face so hard and push him so hard back in a corner with her picking and picking and yelling and poking and stabbing and, and punching and, you know, all the things that girls do. And they push and they push and they push this poor guy. And he's not Superman. He's a man. You know, and so he pushes you to get out of the way, get away from you. You know, you've got him in that corner, and you just won't let up. But then he's in the wrong because he pushed to get past you. I see that so often, you know, that I think women need to re- need to understand and understand that we have to afford life its humanity. And we have to re- be responsible for our actions. It's never one-sided. It's always he said, she said, truth lies in the middle. Whether it's us making smarter choices in the situations we put we put us in or how we act how we how we actually feed a situation you know we have to understand that too it's never one-sided you know so i think it's important oh, no doubt to be for it. but yeah, yeah. It, take that and turn that into the exact same thing you're talking about and it fits i went on a tangent sorry so no, no, Boo, how fine. can we find you <laughs> <laughs> hey you can go up on uh, Facebook, and you'll find it under Rafe Wild, and then and, and parentheses underneath it'll say Soldier Blue as well. So if you want to hear some of the stuff that I've been doing, and I haven't revamped yet, but I, I'm really getting to a place where I'm going to have to just because I need to do something else with it and basically keep it fresh. But I've got a, a podcast that's on Spotify and Google and and some other places as well. Um, that's called Red Earth One, and it's just, uh, just like I say, it's more of my work. It's when I've got one of the Silent Sister uh, works included in that uh, set of four, so uh, it's on there as well. Perfect. All right, my darling, we will talk to you next week. Uh, of course. With more All abominations, right. oh, uh, more creative writing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hon. we'll talk to you soon, love. Yes, ma'am. Bye, sweetie. Where's Mr. Soldier Blue? Blue. All right. There's actually only one blue, but I I, I give him two because he's just too cool for just one, I guess. All right. Next, we have area code two one nine. Two one nine, you're on the air. Now, how you doing? This is Brother O on the line. It is Brother O. How are you doing, Brother O? 
I'm doing very good. It is awesome to talk to you. Thank you. It's always good to talk to you, too. So what do you have for us tonight, sweetheart? This song is called Life is Not Meant to be Fair, and it doesn't play any favorites either. God is no respect to a person because he lays on the just as well as the unjust. A very important lesson I learned in my life during my childhood from my parents. Life is not meant to be fair, and it does not play any favorites either. Now, brother, why did you have to go through the open heart surgery to suffer so many physical afflictions and limitations? Why did you have to endure rejection, ridicule, and betrayal by people who you thought were close to you? I just had to go through seasons of loneliness and experience many failed relationships. Why did you have to endure a season of not being recognized with appreciation for your numerous contributions? Why did you have to go through your experiences with being bullied? Why did you have to go through seasons of unemployment financial trouble? Why do and why do you still have people hating on you? Even though you ain't, you haven't done anything to them. My brother, that's just not fair. Excuse me, my friend. Who told you that life was supposed to be fair? Let me explain something to you. I didn't go through all those experiences and turn resilient, brother, that you see before you wouldn't even exist. I was not a learning important lesson that. The race is not given to the strongest swift. It's given to those who endure hardship. I would not have been able to endure the peaks and valleys of life. I would not have appreciated the good times and learned how to handle the tough times. And I would not have learned about practicing humility in the midst of success and consistently being the real and authentic brother old without having to compromise my true character. See, my dear brothers and sisters, if life was meant to be fair, we wouldn't have such issues as racism, discrimination, poverty, unemployment, and other types of social injustices, and especially we wouldn't have Donald Trump in the White House either. If life was meant to be fair, would not be dealing with any illnesses and diseases. Hunger and homelessness is the most powerful, prosperous country in the world. Millions of people without adequate health insurance. And the epidemics of violence, opioid overdoses, and all sorts of mental illnesses that are invading our nation. Well, if life was meant to be fair, everybody would at least be a millionaire. Instead of working 12 to 16 hours like a Hebrew slave and trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents, there'll be no wage gaps. There'll be no worries about meeting the basic needs of life. 
And there will be no worries about being able to buy what we want and need. And no worries about choosing between necessities and luxuries. Life was meant to be fair. We would not have a messed up educational system that sells our children. A criminal justice system that still favors the rich over the poor. And a cap and an economic system called capitalism that benefits the wealthiest one percent the American population over the ninety nine percent who are constantly being denied an opportunity to have this so-called American dream, which, in my personal opinion, is an illusion. If life was meant to be fair, we would not have struggles, troubles, or issues. We wouldn't have any challenges or tests. We wouldn't have any mishaps or tragedies. We would not have pain, death, and suffering all across this land. We wouldn't suffer trials and tribulations and we wouldn't have any worries and fear. My dear brothers and sisters, God does not play favors, nor does he give you any special treatment. Because in life, all of us living on this planet are going to go through something. But don't expect to go through life unscathed. The more distant child and anointed you are, Ready the challenges that you will face. And remember this as I conclude this poem. Everything that you have gone through so far in your life are all a part of God's master plan. For everything that happened, everything good and bad happened to you will work itself and work itself out all together for your good at the end of the day, in poem. Life According To. Brother O. Needs to be uh, the title of your next chat book. Right. (laughs) All right, sweetie. Absolutely fantastic piece tonight. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come find you, how they can get to know you and your work better. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with my work, I can be followed on Facebook on Omar Brother O'Gazin. As always, thank you for your support every week on the CPG Cafe. I truly appreciate it. Our pleasure, sweetheart. Appreciate you so much. Thank you, honey. Hey, now I'll be back next week. All right. So, guys, I want to let you know area code... Uh, area code 951 and area code 201. No, that you are not in the lineup. So 201 or 951. If you guys want to come on the air, please press 1 at any time, and that will let me know to bring you on. So 210, if you want to come on the air, press 1. Otherwise, if you're just hanging out listening to the show, that's awesome. If you change your mind at any time, go ahead and press 1 then. All right, let's go ahead and grab our next caller, which comes from area code 347. 347, you're on the air. 347, are you with me? Hey, Nyla, what's going on? Hey, sweetheart. How are you doing? I'm good. 
go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Oh, this has been in pain for people who don't know. I guess nobody knows. <laughs> Only you know. It, it's it's kind of important for them to know that because it's been so long since you've been here. Somebody in the world might have forgotten. Not that I'm putting you in a poetic about corner. About me? Forgotten about, forgotten about me? <laughs> you know, it's been a while. Hey, those tracks that you sent me. I cannot, yes. they try to download, when I open them on my computer, they uh, they try to open up as an MP4 file, as like a movie file, even though they are MP3 files. So I don't know what's going on, why I can't get that those downloaded, but I'm not able to get those downloaded. I'll try to send them to you again. Just so you know. Yeah, I sent you a message, but I don't know if you've seen it or not, letting you know, or sent you an email back. So... Honey, it's so good to hear from you. I've missed you so much. I've missed you too. You sound um, very far, very far away, very quiet. What's going on with you? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, no, nothing. Just uh, you know, it's one of those days. <laughs> Let's see if we can make the day for the whole world better. By okay. you sharing okay. your amazing talent with us. Yeah, I have a poem. It doesn't have a title because uh, I wrote it during the uh, you know thirty for you know poetry month. So usually I don't title those. I just write them down. Can I think of a title? Sure. Okay. I'm ready when you're ready. I'm always ready when it comes to you. That was such a slutty All thing right. to say. <laughs> it was. It sounded horrible. But yeah, I'm ready whenever you're ready, hon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was written within the 100,000 notebooks I've lived in. My scriptures paint pictures, hoping you don't take what you read for granted. Instead, take it as seeds being planted. Guess that makes me a farmer dressed in Chang'o's armor. Meaning I feel lightning when I'm writing, often read it, yet never appreciate it. So I asked Oshun why. As I sat by the ocean, she told me dead poets get better promotion. Life's often so bleak, I can't speak. It hurts. They think I'm some kind of pain freak. I'm not. I love, love is just that. In my existence, I've found pain more reliable. It's raw. It never lies to you. Justice not based on what you try to do. Love will kill you. Pain will revive every fiber inside of you. Love will break and take the pride from you. Pain will make you stronger once you've done surviving through. Some believe pain and love are opposite. Truth is, love is pain's prerequisite. The challenge, using my pen to bring balance. I really do breathe through paper. Most can't relate. Without a page, I'd suffocate. Without a page, I'd suffocate. So every time I inhale life, I'm forced to write, carving pictures of this life of mine into empty lines. When there's nothing else to depend on, I just click that pen on. Some say I'm out my mind. Truth is, it's been gone. Just know, every time you enjoyed my flow, it took a little pain off me. And if my art lives in your heart, then fuck what it cost me. On my deathbed, I whisper softly. That was written in pain. That was incredible. I have the perfect title for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. 
ready to be absolutely floored by this, right? <laughs> yeah. So the way that you were talking about pain in there, it's like, yeah, I hurt, but don't pity me. Don't feel sorry for me just because I, I mean, there was a strength in the pain. You know, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? There's a, there's a strength in that pain. And it made me, instantly made me think about how the worst, worst, worst thing that could happen to a poet is to become content. You know, we are at our best when we are hurting, when we are passionate, when we are angry, when we are sad, when we are, are in pain, when we are craving love, when we're craving touch. It's, it's that intensity of emotion that makes us right as well as we do. And to me, it's like, you know, it's almost like we covet. We covet that, that intensity of emotion. You know, where it's you know, like if everything's all good and fine and dandy, it's like, no, no, I haven't written anything in 12 months. <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking about that, that pain almost being like your drug. You know, at the same time, you're talking about writing and how that comes out in your thing. So the title of that poem is Pain is a Line. I like it. I knew you would because, you know, like a line like drugs and line like writing yeah. line. And how it is yeah. coveted like drug, you know. Writing is my heroine. Yeah, I'm gonna start calling my poems bumps. You call them what? <laughs> Never mind. That was a drug reference. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that tells you. How, yeah. <laughs> All right. So maybe I really am a nun. <laughs> Because I have no idea what that is. Cool. That's a, that's a good thing. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either. I watch too much uh, suicide. Yeah. <laughs> Stop reading the headlines. So, yeah, uh, Pain is a Line. Great piece, name yeah. for that piece. I loved it. I like it. Thank and you. And I love you. Uh, I've missed you so much. I missed you too. But I always see you, you know, flying around on your nun broom. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture that. And I'm picturing Sally Fields with her flying nun hat. Right. Yeah. This just went south real fast, didn't it? <laughs> it uh, no. You know, we, so, we, you and I both, we, we both have such a strange, strange um, facade. And a lot of times people perceive us quite differently than we actually are. But you and I know each other. And we both uh-huh. know that we are like the dumbest nerds in the whole world that people think are really cool. <laughs> right, right, right. And every once in a while we do something like this, it almost lets that secret out, right? <laughs> right. Like, everybody's going to when everybody's gonna be like, written in pain knows with the flying nun. <laughs> and Gidget. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. How about that Kurt Cobain man, the Twenty Seven Club? Mm-hmm. Now we're cool again. See, it's so easily fixed. <laughs> um, if anybody's looking for me, I'm written pain everywhere. And uh, if you're gonna be in New York on May 11th, I am doing a two-man show. It is uh. 
kind of a theater and dinner situation. It's going to be at the Amarachi Lounge. If you're interested, just hit me up, and I'll give you the information how you can get tickets. Would you shit if you were there and I was sitting out in the audience and waved? That would be great if you was in the audience and waved. It, and it would help with my crossover appeal. You would start giggling. You know you would. That, that's true. <laughs> You wouldn't be able to help it. You would just start giggling because I'd be throwing chocolate chip cookies at you. <laughs> oh, I love you. Thank you for calling in tonight. This has made me so happy. I've missed you. Love you too, Mike. I miss you too, Emma. Uh, you know, thanks for being here. <laughs> You're welcome. Written in pain, guys. You guys can find him everywhere, and you should, and you better. And really. Good luck and congratulations on that. If anyone like even films part of it, I would have to see it. Okay, promise. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll make sure I tag you or send it to you or put it in a MP4 form so your computer doesn't let you watch it. <laughs> no, I want to watch it. <laughs> okay. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon, bye. baby. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Written in pain. I love Whitten and Payne. All right, our next caller comes from area code 216. 216, you're on the air. I'm on the air? Oh, my goodness. You are. Uh, Mama, I your boy no. was just on. I, I heard. I was tickled. I'm almost laughing over here. You too. And I got so tickled when you said, um, you know, that that slut joke was just too funny. I mean, who would say that about themselves? That y'all just hilarious together. I miss you and <laughs> him together. Um, you know, this has been going on quite a you while. You know, I'm, I'm gonna marry. I'm gonna marry him in another life. I've decided. Well, I'm gonna. My piece called. Um, I'm, I almost had no battery now. I was on here earlier, and um. I don't even look at me. I got like six days to spend. So, um, yeah, I was on here earlier, and I got a phone call. Somebody didn't know any better to call me at 8 o'clock on a Thursday. They should know it's only like you've been doing this for 12 years. They should be better trained by now, Mama. You know what I'm saying? But it was somebody that doesn't call often, so I couldn't say anything. Uh, okay. <laughs> It was um, my flow here. Well, anyway, I've been digging in the crate, well, digging in the trunk of the car, and I found this uh, piece that I wanted to do, and I put markers in there to find the market, and uh, they must have fell out. They didn't work, but I, I want. I'm jealous. I want one of those puppies. All right, I'm gonna, I am definitely going to have to put up pictures on my page because he is the most beautiful boy you have ever seen. I am so excited to have him. I can't. I, I want, I, I want, as a matter of fact, you got to find a girl hybrid to greet him with because I want a puppy. I'm just upset. I always wanted a wolf. It was a, it was a homeless man that used to live in his car. Uh-huh. And he had his wolf dog. He had a white wolf. Oh, my God, that wolf was so faithful to that man. I just, I was drooling to have me a wolf of my own. 
Yeah, they're they're a handful though. I mean, they a lot of people will make the mistake of getting a wolf dog, but not understanding what a wolf dog is or a hybrid is. You know, dog shouldn't even be in the name because that is absolutely not a dog. It does not behave like a dog. It does not think like a dog. It is not a pet like a dog. He lived with the man in the car. Nobody touched that man. Nobody. That wolf was. This one wasn't. I don't even think this was a hybrid. This was I want your your puppy to mate with a girl. You gotta find somebody that's worthy. Okay, but when you, know but when you grow up, when you grow up, Mama, let me know. All right. Yeah, you got you gotta find somebody that's worthy. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want no uh, like no bad bloodline. You gotta watch the family genetics. And everything, and make sure he doesn't breed with no, no, no goofball. Yeah, we're we're gonna have no woofadoodle. There's gonna be no woofadoodle. <laughs> right. I do want to start a new yeah. breed though, called the bull shih tzu. The what? The bull shih. The bull shih tzu, a a bulldog and a shih tzu dog, breeded together would be a bull shih tzu. Get it? Bullshit. Bullshit tzu. Yeah. It's supposed to be funny, Mama. Well, that, that was funny, but it wasn't funny enough to uh, get him to sign my poem, so I'm just going to read it. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't funny enough to not let me read my poem yet, Nyla. <laughs> you know, for this, I went to comedian school, really. Okay, Mama, go ahead. <laughs> All right, then. So, since I can't find the one I wanted... Um, I'm not happy right now. I am just going to pretend like you didn't say go ahead and read and keep looking. And keep talking While you're looking, myself. I have some homework to give you, Mama. <laughs> I got so while you're do. looking for that, I'm going to I'm going to let you buy a second because there is there is a man that I, I'm going to give you a. Writing prompt to write about a man. I I watched a documentary on him today, and it was just fascinating to me. And when I was watching it, all I was thinking about was I would love to have Mama write about him. I would love to have Mama write about him. So I was going to wait until you were done reading, but I'm giving you time to find your piece. So I want you to write. I want you to look up, and I want you to write a poem about Robert Johnson. And if you can't find the right Robert Johnson, you'll know when you find him. He was born in 1911, Robert Johnson. Do you know who he is? Robert Johnson, born in 1911. I have no clue. Okay. So do some research on him. Read about him. He's incredible. Robert Johnson. He was born in 1911. He was a guitar player. I probably know so yeah, I want I, I want I you know. to write a poem about Mr. Robert Johnson. I probably know him, but he probably got a nickname that I'll, I'll be surprised to find out that he really is. And um, can you give me a critique? And and and, and don't say 
um, awesome but phenomenal. I will do my best. <laughs> I don't promise nothing. <laughs> do I can introduce your piece, Mama? Okay, here we go. Okay, you quit procrastinating. I didn't piss you off. I might not get silent. All right, here we go. Awakened, I am. Bright eyed, bushy tail. Eager, delighted to live another day. A new hope and a new prayer. That no one, no disease, no neighbor, no jealousy, no callous driver. No scorned lover corrupts me today. Allow me to mend yesterday, enjoy today, and prepare for tomorrow. Untitled. In peace. You said in peace, correct? Mm-hmm. I love the maturity of that piece. You know, when I, I I'm a much different creature now that I'm over thirty than I was when I was younger. I I mean, I've always been immensely stubborn and all this other stuff, but, you know, there's there's so many things that life teaches you, I think, that there's a magic day when you when you tip, you make that tip into maturity, and all of a sudden life makes a lot more sense. You know, I always say that every day that I wake up <laughs> is the best day of my life, and I don't care how crappy that day is. Because when you consider the alternative, and so when you started that piece, that made me think about. It made me think about that, you know, how you reach a point where every day is a gift, you know, and you just you just you just hope for the best on that day, and you know, make sure you take care of the things that happened the day before, and hope to goodness that you get the next day. So I thought that that piece okay. really convey, conveyed that that maturity, that wisdom, in a way that Thank wasn't you. wasn't like a cliche. Like before, like the second piece, I'm going to, where I was living life too fast. I'm gonna read that one. Okay. And it starts off like this. I used up my I used up my I used up my future in the past. Now I have no home here. I am only using this bridge, this twilight, to stay afloat. Too much, too fast. Living life to the fullest, life to the brim, a life too exciting, too curious, too zealous. Right now meant I wanted it yesterday. Yesterday, couldn't wait another day. Too crazy, too impatient. Legacy of my bloodline. Even nine months was too long. Too angry, too brave, too strong. Too strong to be tied down, no way, no how. Never waited for things to come my way. I had to have it now. I missed a heap of blessings by leaving too soon. I was gone. If you see me now, you won't see me later. I used up all my future in the past. 
Now I have no home here. I have no now at last. Took all my terms too fast. I'm only using this bridge, this twilight to stay afloat. I used up my future so fast. My boat came in and docked, landed, and left me stranded in the past. I've been there, done that. Knew there, forgot that. Knew that, forgot that. Nothing left for me to do or say. I can't duck my fate. It's too late to play it straight. I took the bend in the road, arrived early at the end of my early, of my earthly soul. Too impetuous, I've been told. There's nothing else new under the sun for me to do. Much too impetuous, I've been told. Lives above my means. I was before my own time. Now old, still bold, my future has been bought and sold. I can't even wait for death. Cool and deadly with his breath. Sleepless nights and not regret. I will begin again to replay my hedonistic sins. As I fast forward, as I fast forward to the here and now, so tired from my reckless past. Finally, inertia has closed my eyes. And so for me, it's rest at last in peace. That was phenomenal, Mama. <laughs> you know, something that I think is really cool that you do, all kidding aside, something cool that you do, and, and I, I don't know if you're even aware of how well you do it, but you make very tangible characters in your writing. You know, you, you make, you know, you're talking, a lot of your stuff I know comes from from life experience and things like that and things you've witnessed and things that you've seen. But when you write, you write in a way that makes, it's almost like writing a character. You know, there there is a character consistent throughout your your poetry, and that's you or parts of you or facets of you. But you have a really amazing ability about taking it. If you're talking about when you, you know, a childhood experience, or you're talking about something that's happening now, or you're reminiscing, or you're hopeful, you're able to bring that voice alive that makes that very believable, that makes it accessible, that makes it very engaging and very personal to the person listening to it. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but especially in that piece when you were reading it, uh, that really comes through clear. You know whether whether it's you know you're drawing on then you, you know you both both you're good and you're good and you're bad. There's times where you face both in your life, or your innocence and your uh, you know strength as a woman. Um, all of those things. You know you're able to put the, whatever you're writing about. You're able to put the voice, like a voice actor, into that into that into the words that you do. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Am I making sense? Yes. You just make it real, whether no matter what time frame you're in, no matter what mindset you're in, you're able to make bring that to life in your writing. Mm, thank you, Nyla, for a good critique. My, my, my charger. 
But it was incredible. And awesome and amazing. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I resemble that remark. (laughs) Mama, tell everyone how to find you, sweetheart. Mama, I'm the all-around queen. People say I can do anything. You can't find me on Facebook, but you can find me on Poetry Soup. You can find me on allpoetry.com. You can find me in the loop because I'm the all-around queen. And I got it like that. Mama got it like that. They call me gangster granny. I have two children, and I am a granny. I have two children, and I am a mommy. One father died, so I turned daddy. They call me all-around queen. I'm on the scene every Thursday with Nyla. On the <laughs> yes, you are. So I got a friend's request from you today. You're not on Facebook. Did you send that to me? Yeah, because they swore to me. I don't want to lose touch with everybody. Okay, not all right. My feedback. But I'm just not, like, letting everybody in, just the people that I just, you know, i got to oh, stay in touch with. Oh, you know? oh, I'm part of the inner circle. I feel so cool. <laughs> oh, no, not the inner circle, the outcast. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm the outcast. Out Keep your enemies closer, I'm huh? <laughs> yeah, I was, the, I was the outcast. They kicked me off. I posted some information about Robert Johnson on your page for you, Mama. Okay, baby. Thank you. I had a great time talking with you. Thanks for taking enough time with me because you know I was going to be jealous about the time you take up with um, the other people and then give me my time in. Oh, so. <laughs> you. Oh, I always give you your time. I love you, Mama, so much. Okay. You know I'm a jealous Mama. Okay. Thank I do you. know that. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, honey. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. 832, can you hear me? 832, are you there? Yes, I can. I got stuck on mute. Good evening, Nyla. <laughs> Hi, sweetheart. How you doing? I am. Wait, 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 wait. Fabulous. Thank you for asking. I was going to do a disclaimer and tell everyone to hold. Because, you know, one of these days I'm going to get sued because their ear, someone's eardrums are going to be blown out. <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm going to have the lawyers get on that and see what kind of liability we can have here. <laughs> well, um, uh, how actually, are you, Amelia? And I'm glad you're fabulous. Actually, I didn't want to disappoint, but um, I had a death in the family. My my last remaining family member other than my son passed away last night, my cousin. Um, so uh, I decided that um, I'm going to do this piece. Uh, I wrote, um, I don't know, uh, I think it was last month. It's called Death. And it goes like this. We all have an expiration date stamped upon our souls. Sooner or later, we shall return to the dirt we all sprang forth from. What we do in the middle is what will determine where we spend eternity at. 
I have a different take on death and coping with it than most people because maybe that, uh, excuse me, maybe because Maybe that's because I lost most of my family members before I turned 18. I wasn't allowed to go to any of their funerals. I never got to process their deaths in a traditional way. I know many over the last several years have been passing away. Some have been a result of long, drawn-out illnesses, and others very fast and unexpected. Yet, we have to always keep in mind, nothing is permanent in life, nothing, including life itself. So when we lose our loved ones, let us try to celebrate the love they gave us the time we spent together, instead of grieving their loss, instead of drowning in despair because they have gone. Our day is coming soon enough. Prepare yourselves. Right the wrongs you have committed. Apologize. Call someone and tell them just what they mean to you. How valuable people are in your life. Stop and take some time out of your schedule and give back. Mentor a child, donate to a charity, go read to an elderly person, do things that make improvements in people's lives. Give your total life to Jesus, every aspect in your life. Turn it over to God. Allow the Holy Spirit to clean your house called your soul. Life truly isn't about the things you possess or the amount of pay, the amount of your paycheck, who your mate is, or what successfulness you have. It's about the interpersonal relationships we have. Death is about the next phase, hopefully going on to another plane that is beautiful and magnificent. Life is about who we have touched in a small way or a large, but that we touch people in a positive way. Are they better off having had us come into their lives for a moment or a lifetime? So that at your funeral, people will have great memories of the different ways you touch their lives. For the most part, we are scared of death. We want to deny it, whatever happened to us or our loved ones. Yet it is a ever-present danger in our lives. Life is so fleeting. Accept it and change your direction now while you still have time. Allow your loved ones to move on to the next phase instead of being so fearful, so clingy. It's a natural transition. Allow it to flow. Make peace with death because sooner or later, he is coming for you, your friends, and family. Live your best life now. Follow the Bible's path for your life. 
be ready. Just be ready. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, in peace. Okay, so we're ending the show here because I need to call my mom. I need to call my kids. (laughs) Amelia, that poem scared the hell out of me. I, I I don't I don't know how to respond to that. I mean, you know, we do. I I um, know because everything that you said was absolutely true, and that's what scared the hell out of me. So are we doing uh, one or two poems? Uh, let me look at the board. You can do two, honey. Okay, so let's do a little bit lighter one. It's called Animals. Am I going to be scared of animals now? (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me scared. (laughs) No, I'm trying to. I'm trying to change the uh, the energy. Anyway, it's called animals. (laughs) Our furry friends, God has given us dominion over. We have much to learn from them. They are not stupid, as many would say. Our pets understand human words, but do we understand animal? So exactly who are the stupid ones? In addition, we are supposed to be higher advanced than they are. Yet no cat says to another cat, hey, I hate you because you got stripes and I am a great cat. No dog says to another dog, Hey, you got dots, and I hate you because I'm a brown dog. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Us humans do it all the time. White man hates black men, etc., etc. Animals mate without thought or emotions. Look at where society is at now. One person jumping from bed to bed, having hundreds of sex partners. Are we not supposed to be better than that? Animals only kill for a food supply. They don't kill for fun or pleasure. Animals many times will adopt a totally different species to care for and become their own. How often do we help a person worse off than us for no other reason than than we are showing compassion for humanity, especially a different race or religion? Would you scoop up a homeless person, bring them home, and adopt them into your family? We kill, torture, and maim what we have been entrusted with. Matter of fact, we have wiped off this planet, many different species, gone, never to return. In conclusion, animals are a natural resource in so many ways. To love you, to protect you, a food source, source, even clothing for some. We must learn from them as well. Musings of Amelia T. Davis in peace. 
That was incredible, Amelia. That Thank one did you. not scare me. <laughs> nah. Um, so you can find me on Facebook under Amelia T. Davis, E-M-I-L-I-A-T Davis, or Poetical Angel Queen. And you can find me right here every Thursday night with Nyla. Much love, darling. Continued successes. And as uh, Stan would say, next poet up. It's really funny. I have to share this with you. While you were reading your poem, when you got to the part where you're talking about some dogs are spotted and, you know, all of that, at that exact moment that you read that line, I was sending Christopher a gift message while I was listening that had a little 101 Dalmatian puppy saying, I'm hungry. (laughs) At that exact moment while you were reading it, I thought it was so cute. It was like serendipitous, you know. All right, sweetie, thank you so much for calling in and reading tonight. Great job, hon. Most welcome. (laughs) Bye, sweetheart. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and give our lineup over the next three callers so you kind of have an idea. We have area code 8, excuse me. This is why you guys don't ever believe anything I say. We have area code... 682-951-863. 682-951-863. and Those are our next three callers. Let me get those written down. So that was 6, six uh, excuse me, 832. No, where did 832 go? Did they go? Where did they go? Okay, so we have 682. We have 682, then we have 951. Then we have 863. I want to let area code 201 and 216 know. I think that may be mom again. Um, know that you guys aren't in the lineup. All right. right, so let's go ahead and get to 682. 682, you're on the air. Hey, Nyla. Hey, how are you doing? I got myself so confused there for a minute. Why is that? Because I was all, got all tongue-tied on my numbers. How are you doing, sweetie? Oh, I'm hanging in there. This is Richard out there in Texas. It is Richard. It is good to hear from you, sweetheart. Yeah, I um, I was uh, sitting here listening for a long time. I was in the chat room. There's no way I could sit here and not call in. No way. <laughs> that is that is my secret weapon. Do 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 do. It worked. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I'm glad you called in. <laughs> it works like a charm. I was, um, you know, part of my process when I call, I'd be thinking, which poem am I going to read and why? You know, and I'm sitting there. But then um, family always drives me. My my family is, is my world. And um, I had had a phone conversation about a week ago with the matriarch of the family, my mother's sister, my aunt. And um, I love her dearly. I love her dearly. And I, I wrote a poem about her about, about two or three years ago. And about uh, six months ago, we found out that she has breast cancer. And the poem that I wrote, my aunt, my aunt she's, she's interesting. Uh, 
I truly believe deep down in her heart she's a loving person, but she's one of those people, you know. You ever met a person, Nyla, who just can't get out of their own way? Huh. She has that person. <laughs> I understand that. She, she, she's like that, but she's, she's really sweet. But now I feel guilty because this poem, I don't know. It might not be positive, although I've never told anybody what inspired this poem. But, um, but anyway, I just, you know, you know. But you know, something doesn't. We aren't all positive creatures. You have to afford people their humanity. It's like you know, yeah, I can sit right. there and say, you know, you know, I can sit there like Christopher. I can say I love Christopher, but it absolutely makes. I could write this poem about him, just making it just. Tearing yeah. him apart because it makes me absolutely crazy when he will drive seven miles out of the way to get somewhere. You yeah. know, if he makes a wrong turn, instead of doing a U-turn and going the short round, he'll keep going. Yeah. You know, and, and go miles and miles and miles out of his way because he's already – it's like, no, just turn around. Like, it, it's, just, it's like, you know, 20 miles longer going this way. Ah. Yeah. You know, but that doesn't take away from what, how I love him, right? It, you, 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 you are so right. Your people skills are right on point because <laughs> I, my aunt loves my aunt loves Chinese food. So mm-hmm. what I do is is that at least once a month, I go to her favorite Chinese restaurant. I'll buy up way more food than she can eat, and I'll just knock on the door, and it just it puts a smile on her face, and it's all it's all good. Uh-huh. It's all good. But I think you know I wrote a poem one time, I, Richard, that talked about how if you love me. You have to love all of me. Don't peel me apart yeah. like an orange and only keep the right. sweet part. And I think that that's right. the way we should love all people. You know, you love them. They're good. They're right. bad. They're ugly. You can't pick and choose the parts of them. If you love them, then you love the whole. You take responsibility for your choice to love them and stop tearing them apart. Yeah, and I don't, um, you know, my 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 aunt is, is, is the textbook definition of old school, you know, mm-hmm. and and. She's actually only 10 years older than me. And back in the <laughs> 1960s, she lived with me, my father, my mother, and my brother. She lived with She's more like a sister than an aunt. But um, uh, love her dearly, and uh, I give her all the respect in the world. If she calls, I answer. You know, uh, I, I, every now and then I'll get up the nerve to tease her, you know. But um, – I don't think I'll ever get up the nerve to share this poem with her. And with that, <laughs> I try, I try, to, I try, to, I try to, 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 to make it ironic, but you tell me what you think. This poem is entitled, I'll Be Here When You Get Through. As she battles to pick up pennies, dollars fly past like angered hornets. With glass walls that are penetrated by many, her world could launch. A thousand sonnets. To find joy in this life, one must squint for the light is so dim. Sometimes in this darkness she wields a knife, words that cut psyche as well as skin. This malaise came about slowly. There are no prescriptions for what ails. A book inscribed with the word holy rests on her nightstand to no avail. The sun may set in the east before vivacity returns to her home. Ask why, but she will not speak of this plight 
as being her own. End of poem. Wow. That was awesome. Thank you. And and I don't think it was bad. I think that I think that it's I th- I think really? that it was you know, uh, it yeah. too harsh. I don't think so. Not if you Good. not if I'm you so not if it's okay for people to be people. You know, when you, yeah. When you expect something from somebody, if you expect them to act a certain way, you know, 90, yeah. 90% or 99% of the time when we're disappointed in life, it's because someone didn't act the way we wanted them to act. Well, they don't have to That's act true. the way we want them to act. That's true. You know, we just have to accept the way they are, the way they act, the yeah. way they respond to something, and then we yeah. act accordingly. You know, stop expecting other yeah. people to cater to what we want, and we are much better off. Yeah. If you afford them their humanity, if you yeah. afford them their, their triumphs and their mess-ups, you know, we would be yeah. much happier. You know, yeah. So it's okay, and, and it's okay yeah. to, to admit that you love somebody, but they're not perfect. You know, being perfect, there's a lot of pressure in being perfect. And, you know, that, that's a lesson for all parents, you know, because I know I was, you know, I was hung up behind my children being these little, you know, uh, 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 exactly what I wanted them to be. And mm-hmm. it took me a while to understand that. But you're right. You you do have to let people be themselves. And, and you know, and, and, and in a way, that's one of the highest forms of love. It really is. Thank you. Know, when you, when you say I, whatever I just, you are, I will love no matter what. Ooh, you know, okay. and mean it. And I, I, when I when I bring that Chinese food to my aunt, we sit there and start laughing and joking and talking about, you know, I sat in her lap and watched the Beatles on Ed Sullivan in 64. <laughs> That's one of our <laughs> best stories, you know. And we just we just start walking down memory lane and you it's just like you said, you know, you know, nobody is all bad and nobody's all good. You know, I want you to think but, of something though that's going to drive you crazy. I talked to your that? aunt the other day. And she told me she has a poem just like that about you in her drawer that she'll never read to you. Uh-oh. <laughs> and you know, what? you know what? That's just that, saying. That's how life is. Hey, that's how life is. I'm telling you now. What, what, what you give now, is huh? sometimes Wait, what? 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. What you give is sometimes what you get. <laughs> But believe you oh, me, Richard, in about two that was amazing. Weeks, in about two or three weeks, I'll be back getting that Chinese food again. You know, I, 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 I'm so hungry right now. That sounds so good. Oh. <laughs> you have no idea. I'm, I'm trying to talk, but I'm just like drooling all over everything here. My keyboard is ready to short out on me. It's very unladylike. I'm really glad this is radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you that. <laughs> I love I love your All show, right, honey. I love your show. Oh, I'm really glad that you're here and part of the family. Now, I really seriously have had a lot, and I hope that that shows and you believe that. Um, but I'm really enjoying getting to know you. It's, it, this has been a blast. You're just a wonderful addition to our group here. Oh, you, you, you guys have, have uh, you know, poetry is something that must be shared. It is. It's just, that's, just, it's just, that's just the way it is, and I, you know, and being able to share it and, 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 and you, know, sh- you know, enjoying what others share as well as sharing your own, I, I, you know, that's, that's heaven for me. This is the perfect setting for me. Well, we're glad. We're glad you're here. We're, we're glad that you're with us. And uh, I hope you're here next week. Hint, hint. 
Oh, indeed, indeed, with bells on. See, and and just sitting in there and listening and not call and not hitting one doesn't work either. I'm glad that you hit one. Yeah, usually usually when I call, I'll, I'll listen for about thirty minutes, and then you know I get my thoughts together. You know, I I I, <laughs> I got to be right when I talk to Nyla. <laughs> Oh, you can be whatever you want. I love you anyway. <laughs> oh, there you go. I like that. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much for calling in. Make sure you tell everyone how to find you again, honey. Uh, PoetrySoup.com. Richard Evans at PoetrySoup.com. Got a bunch of stuff on there. Leave a comment. Appreciate the love. Have a good night. Speak easy cafe. Perfect. All right, sweetie. Thank you, hon. And hey, if you want to, uh, I gave mom that homework on uh, Robert Johnson. If you, because mm-hmm. I noticed your comments in the chat room, you're welcome mm-hmm. to take that prompt and write a poem too. Oh, okay. Yeah, because, you know, I love me some blues, man. Oh, man, you're mm-hmm. talking about, I talk you to death talking about the blues, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to give you that. Um, I'm going to give you that that homework as well. I think. That's cool. That's cool. All right, hun. We'll talk to you next week, sweetheart. Thank you. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. All right. Next caller comes from area code nine five one nine five one. You're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. Everyone. This is Eric Devon. Hey, Eric, it's good to hear from you, sweetheart. Thank you. How are you? I am doing absolutely wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, she was quiet for a while. I had her snacking. And now she's not. We're going to have... A little background company, I'm pretty sure. Sound effect. Mood, it's good. It works. Yeah. So, um, in a rough day, in a rough day, I I wasn't sure when this day started, um, how it would end. I mean, we're obviously, we never are, so how it would end, but there's a little bit more of an ominous um, intention behind that statement. Um, I woke up this morning. I was going to call my job and let them know, hey, I think you need to find someone else for the rest of the year. Um, I don't know. It's been a pretty difficult time, but I'm working my way through it. And on my way to work, I was thinking about, okay, just take don't don't think about the whole day. How do you make it through the day? Think about it in steps. One step at a time, the cliche, you know. But they can get oh, man, sometimes you just have to do that. Yeah. You know, the hell with the rest of the day, how am I gonna get through the next ten minutes? Right. Yeah. So I um I started writing and the first title that I wrote was um, reduction of a day to a single step and then I was just looking I I see baby yeah go ahead and then um, 
after I finished it, I played around with the format of it, and I've been looking at it while waiting in the queue, and I just noticed it's in the shape of a mathematical symbol that I recognize. I didn't know what it was, so I had to look it up, but it's the summation symbol, it's shaped like mm-hmm. a, a zigzag E. Yep. So I was like, I have to put that in the title somewhere. So <laughs> now the title is Summation of a Day Compiled of Single Steps. You ask, you ask why more than usual. The pestering breath of need. You try to write your way out of a paper bag. Why bother? You look for shadows to point you home. There is a fearlessness when death seems your own invention. Your neck does not swivel. Your eyes refuse to kiss colors they are too focused on ready and sluice. Each foot a shuffle independent of the other. But you make your way forward. Rote, repetition, routine, rote, repetition, routine. You contemplate the gradual stretch of shadows. Fill a brown paper bag with reluctant breath. It shakes free of your chest to no ovation. You do not ask why. And that's why I ended that. I love the the brown paper bag reference because when you get anxiety attacks and you can't breathe, you know, they tell you put your head between your knees and breathe into a paper brown paper bag. You know, and it really brought that home. And having your daughter in the background was actually kind of cool because it added to the whole emotion of the piece of the things that you go through in a day. You know, yeah, all those things that you go through in work, and then there in the background is your reason why. Right. So it was actually really cool hearing her. Yeah, we did that on purpose. We set that up. I, I, yeah, I, I called her and woke her up intentionally on her little play cell phone. Okay, Daddy's getting ready to read. Wake up! <laughs> and she told me it was her idea. Come on now. <laughs> hey, it's our thing. Don't, don't. We, we, shh, shh. It's, it's our secret. I blew it. Bad yeah, night, bad. bad. <laughs> Did you have another one you wanted to read, hun? I don't. Okay. I'm gonna move out the way and let's. And How I'll old is your daughter? Um, I'm still trying to figure out if it's 17 or just two. If it's 17 I or two. It's... There's a big difference between 17 and two. Not in the way she acts, no. Um, <laughs> she, yeah, she, she's two. I'm with you. I got oh, it. Oh, my God. Is she 17? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, girl that knows her mind. Oh, no. Well, she sounded adorable. Give her a big hug for us. And uh, you know, your your homework is to write a poem about your daughter and introduce just oh, introduce her to us <laughs> with, with the title of Two Going on Seventeen. Two Going on Seventeen. She's got an entire book written for her. So, um, like literally, not spoiled at all, Can't is wait she? Till she's old. Nah, not really. <laughs> I, Eric, I don't believe you. Uh, 
at all. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I'm very uh, I, I grounded. Think, I think honest. she is absolutely your sunshine. <laughs> she is. She is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, as a shameless plug, that, that book is called The Beauty of Dragons. And it is uh, a picture of my me of myself and my daughter on the cover. Um, what an awesome title. I'm Amazon right now. I need to put it back in. Yeah, it's 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 based off of a poem that I wrote for her. Um, you know what? Maybe that could be my second poem if you got some time for it. Too You've got time. time. All right. Uh, wow, we got to pull that one out. This is when I was doing spoken word. Um, more. More. Okay, Beauty of Dragon. I don't know that you will be a girly girl covered in bows and frills and all things pink. But I know that I will treat you like a princess every day. Shower you with love and affection, court you with flowers from the moment you can understand how similar is your name to a rose, how delicate your heart. Pull that one up. I actually have a book right here. How similar your heart to velvet petals, not to be peeled and plucked or protected, allowed to flourish, a treasure to be admired. Your hypoallergenic pillow will be covered with plush bears, your favorite teddy pull close while you sleep, sharing your heartbeat because the only thing you know about this life is the steady pulse of mommy's chest calms you and the strength of daddy's hands and voice they soothe your soul while you sleep dreaming of pretty things. I will teach you how to recognize a man who loves you and I'm sure I will struggle with finding a balance between giving you pretty things and showing you what it really means to be adored. Lavish you with gifts knowing I could never repay the gift you are. I will also have to teach you the beauty of dragons. That roses have thorns. And the fluffiest puppy conceals needlepoint teeth and good intentions. They come disguised. Sometimes pretty things hurt. Sometimes pretty things are dragon wings, shimmery and gossamer in flight, beating soft against the endless blue, so you'll never see the flaming cauldron roiling in the belly, set to pass over sickle and scythe, rows of terrible teeth. Baby, some men come as dragons. On beating wings, a beautiful death who masks pungent decay in a custom cologne might remind you of candles. Smoky mesquite and sandalwood charm, a hint of vanilla, just might take you back to flickering lights on stormy nights, power out so daddy made games over candlelit dinner. Guest his hands across the ceiling just for you to soothe your soul, just so you would not be afraid of the dark. But I need you to understand that the shadow within the heart of man is the only darkness that daddy fears for you. On my way to work, I saw a man standing on the sidewalk, staring at a memorial pile of flowers and bears and candles. And I prayed. 
but I never live to regret bringing you, my pretty thing, into a world equal parts beauty and pain. And that was absolutely phenomenal. I am so glad that our conversation took us in the direction that resulted in you reading that piece. I had to do it from my, my, my head, but yeah, I'm glad I got to do it. That been, was phenomenal. I can't even tell time. you. That right there makes me want to go buy that book, so make sure you put the link on my page. <laughs> I'll do that. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. Do me a favor, Eric. Tell everyone how to find you, sweetheart. Instagram, True the Poetic. Um, you okay, babe? Oh, kisses. <laughs> Instagram, True the Poetic. Um, my page on Facebook, my, my personal page. Just more use than yeah, the poet page. <laughs> Good job. And that is Eric Devon. That's E R I C D E B A U G H N N. Good job. And that's how you can reach me. True awesome. Poetic and Eric Devon. Awesome. And make sure you put the link for your pay or your book on uh, on my page. If it's not on Amazon yet, then remember to do it as soon as you put it back on there, okay? Absolutely. All right, hon. Thank you. We'll talk to you later, sweetheart. All right, good night. Good job, babe. All right. Our next caller, that was so, oh, my God, that was so adorable. I can't even tell you. All right, so our next caller, that made my heart happy. Hearing that, hearing him with his daughter. Okay, eight six three, eight six three. You're um, on the air. Um, h- hello, Nyla. Mm-hmm. Hey, how are you doing, mm-hmm. Noreen? I'm doing all right. Mm-hmm. It is so good to hear from you. Um, thank you, and it's good to hear from you all too. I wish Gary was here still. I miss him so much. We all do, honey. We all wish he was. I mean, for me, he is. You know, I can close my eyes and picture myself reaching out and holding his hand. He's still, I mean, he's still so much a part of me and with me. I I have um, photos of him on the kitchen table everywhere. So when I sit down, it looks like he's looking right at me. And right now, I I can't explain it right now. I know he's here because right now I feel, oh, my God, I feel a breeze around me. I can't explain it. It's like he's right here. <laughs> oh my God, it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, feels like I he's love right here. That like you feel a... that way right now. Yes. <laughs> so and, what are you going to read I'm... for Gary tonight? Okay, I got one of Gary's poems um, called "A Musician's Love." Okay. Um, okay. The violin hears as I bow. Forever drawing it to and fro, never-ending cycle like tunes of practice done just right. The violin rests, no more sound. Skies darken and the night settles down as I leave a wanton wonder full of thought. It makes no difference if it's sweet or hot. The fictions of 
probability is what I see to embellish the spellbound dream for me. The end. You know, I can really tell, and I've always been able to tell this with Gary's work, is that Mm -hmm. in his soul he was a musician. Yes. You you could very easily take that poem and set music to it because it just fits perfect. The, The reading of it, the rhythm of it, all of it would just fit perfect to music, and I and I picture him. I picture him sitting there with his guitar. That was my absolutely favorite picture of him. Um, mm-hmm. Is the one of him sitting there holding his guitar. That's how I always saw him, and will always see him. But when you read that piece, you know it's really evident that music was huge for him. That that was part yes, of, it is. of who he is, his soul. That's who he is. That's 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 how he communicates. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I should love to hear him play guitar. Like I told him, I could never get tired of you. You can play the same song over and over, and I will never get tired of it. I said, <laughs> said wow. I'm said, oh, wow. It's it, it's it awesome to hear him play. And there's one song I told him that, well, you play it better than than Because one time he played, he, well, he played it a lot of times. Um, uh, How's that go, that title? Um, oh, Dogs. Um, oh, dogs, children, and watermelon wine. I forget yeah, exactly I know how that song went. You're talking about too. I know what song yes. you're talking about. And, and, and when I first heard it, it was only from Gary Houston. One day I heard uh, Tom Tom Hall, I think that was his name, who, who sung it on the radio. And I told Gary, oh, my God, you sing better than him. You don't make it boring. <laughs> I said, because I, I fell in love with that song when he played it. You know, but 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 um, I told him I don't want to hurt hurt the the famous guy's feelings. You know, Tom T. Hall. But I'm just being honest. I told you I'm just being honest. You you play better than he does. I love the way you do it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, too funny. Mm-hmm. And I bet you know. Yeah, that was incredible. Do you, Noreen, do you want to read one of yours, honey? Um. Yes. I, I got one, um, it's called, it, this is like Gary uh, talking to me, reading to me, and it's called A Letter from Heaven. Oh, my sweetheart, I love you so very much. I didn't want to leave you, but I was getting older and too many aches and pain. I hope you never have to endure. I tried to hold on for us, you and I, but I couldn't. God said my time is finished here on earth. Now it's my time to go with him. God said he will wash over you, and I'll be by your side, too. When you feel that special, cool breeze rushing against you, you know what I mean? I just can't describe it. Anyway, you'll know it's me. I know you're hurting. Your heart is broken. I wish I could ease your pain and mend your broken heart, but I can't. Only God can do that. Don't ever give up, my love. Keep on living for the two of us, you and I. I believe in you. I always have. I know it won't be easy to continue on without me, but remember, I'll always be with you in my spirit and in your heart. Oh, I love you, my sweetheart, forever and more. I wish I could wipe away your tears from your face. Do me a favor. Keep on writing poetry. Don't ever quit. I know you want to keep me alive. Writing poetry is how you can keep me alive. Remember this, honey. I'm every love poem you've read. I'm every love song you've heard. I'm every romantic picture you've seen. 
and remember all the great memories we had together. And most important of all, I love you, my teddy bear darling, forever and more, sealed with my love, hugs and kisses. The end. Noreen, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want you to do me a favor. Yes. You know, you talk about poetry being the way to communicate. You know, yes. I want you to watch the clouds. I want you to pay attention to the smells on the breeze. I want you mm-hmm. to watch how the shadows play, you know, mm-hmm. because there's just just watch watch for words. Watch for words shared with you that way, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, watch for the little things that touch you. You know, and you're going to yeah. feel him closer. Mm-hmm. You know, it may, maybe it's it's a a puppy in a cloud. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. Just watch your ways. The world shows you things that can, that, that are talking to you. I'll explain it better later. Okay. Okay. All right, my beautiful darling. Tell us how we can find the words of love between you and your amazing husband. Okay. Um. Um. First of all, um. I'm gonna have a um, book signing. My friend let me have it at her store. I'm doing this in honor of Gary, cause that's what we was gonna do last year. If he got, we we'd wait on him to get better, but he didn't. Didn't. So I'm going. So I got. I'm going. I have the opportunity to have it a week from Saturday, day before Mother's Day, May 11th, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And um. And then you can find our books. What, what's, the, what's the store you're having that at? I'm at um, Classic Home Decor um, at Eagle Ridge Mall in Lake Wells, Florida. In what town? Lake Wales, Florida. Lake Wales, W. Yes, Lake Wales, yep. How do you spell Lake Wales? Um, okay, Lake, L-A-K-E. Then mm-hmm. Wales is W-A-L-E-S. Just like it said, okay. Yep. Like fishy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, And I know awesome. he's going to be right there. I'm going to read his poetry, too. And I know he's going to be right there. Aww. So like he is right now. Cause I wanna keep <laughs> and you his... said you have a friend that owns that shop that's doing that for you? Yes, yes. What is her name? I'm Melanie. Melanie? Melanie, yes. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing that for our beautiful Noreen and Gary. Thank you, uh, thank you, Melanie. Yep, right, Melanie. Yep, Melanie. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. It means a lot mm-hmm. to us that you're you're doing that in honor of Gary, and you're going to have, going to have them there. All right, Noreen, tell us how to find you, my love. Okay, you can find Gary and I our our poetry books. Two hearts. I mean, two hearts in one. Um, the um, reflections of our innermost beings and the Ara Truth. You can find them in Amazon.com, and you can find both of us on um, Facebook.com, on ReverbNation.com, and you can um, and we're um, you can find us all, all over. Very cool. All right, honey, we love you. We love Gary. Thank you for both of you being here still. 
and sharing your yes, amazing husband with us. We love you, and uh, just, we love you so much. Okay, and, and we love you too, Nyla, and all of you all. Mm-hmm. And, and all I right. want to thank all the. I, I want to thank all the sponsors who's sponsoring the show for the year. And I want to thank you, Nyla, and Christopher Ryan, and Michael Quigg, and um, for for um, hosting the show for us. Oh, you're very welcome, my dear. Okay. Thank you for being a part of our family. Okay, thank you. <laughs> love you, honey. Okay, we all love you, too. Okay. 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 All righty. Our next caller comes from area code 807. 807, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla Tay. Sorry hey. for unfriending you. Robbie, baby. <laughs> it completely an accident, I swear. What's that? <laughs> as soon as I realized what I did, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> what did you, know, you do? On, the, on, Facebook, on Facebook there when I accidentally unfriended you and had to request you back again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that'll teach yeah. you not to comment on his post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, exactly, I, I yeah. guess I see what I what I mean to him after how many years? <laughs> Fifteen years. It's funny. Of like, I realized <laughs> I looked I looked up at the screen and I saw that my cursor had floated and it said a message, but I didn't know what it was. And then when I realized what it was, I was like, Ah, oh, crap! But anyways, <laughs> no biggie. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's okay. It's it's good to keep me on my toes. <laughs> yes, and you're a hard you're a hard person to keep on your toes because you're just so witty and just yeah. <laughs> I don't I'm not too sure what the words are, but <laughs> precocious. Like precocious. That's the word. I, that's the word. I guess you're too precocious to get off your feet for too long. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so this is something that I wrote. Uh, maybe about half an hour ago. I have a graphic for it, uh, actually, that I'll put that in the chat since I can actually be in chat now. Ha, ha, ha. And I used uh, an app. Oops, I used an app for the graphic, and that goes along with the poem. So, yeah, I wrote this like half an hour ago, and this is based on a dream that I had a couple of nights ago. And it was like really one of those beautiful, oh, trippy dreams. And <laughs> link didn't work. Some things don't, some things never change. <laughs> Anyways, I'll, I'll share the link with you on Facebook. And uh, so, yeah, this is based on that dream. And the the last line, or the last, yeah, the last couplet is one of the lines that I heard in the dream. And when I heard that, I was like, wow. One of those neo moments again, and I had to be like, "Oh, I gotta write that down." <laughs> so, all of this is based on the details of the dream. Witnessing a rising sun, like that land of that land of that sun rising, beams beaming out eloquently and fiercely in a midday sky. A man on a piano plays his tune wistfully as he witnesses. Beings enormous and grand He takes a stand to play along further Modulating his tune From something more emotive To more wistful Those beings now being held Under the magical music's sway The meaning of this cosmic revelry It is unknown to me But I keep listening 
and that man plays his tune, changing along with it, as his garment also changes with a gust of wind. And I hear a mysterious phrase being uttered as the sky begins to darken, the star's light changing in an unfamiliar way. I continue to be witness to it, the sky continuing to transform in a mysterious way. And I hear that mysterious phrase that resonates inside my mind, echoing as the stars seem to fade. The stars aren't dimming. You're just seeing them in a different light. And so that's the star's light. And I I spelled stars S-T-A-R-R instead of the one R uh, for a star sever on there. And so, yeah, most, pretty much all the details there are from the dream the the guy with the piano his his shirt changed when the a, the a gust of wind came and like you saw like the the japanese sun like you see how you on the flag you know like that, uh-huh. that red radiating sun and there's like these two beings i can't remember they're, they're really big and they were they weren't menacing but they were really just it's one of those things i couldn't quite see them but i i, I kind of could it's kind of hard to describe and they're very they weren't intimidating at all. And they're very, just grand, beautiful beings. And I woke up and I was like, "Wow," you know. So that thing, I have such a vivid imagination. And one of my epilepsy medicines, because as you know, I'm epileptic. I have been for 20 years. One of my meds is uh, is it causes irregular dream states. So between my imagination and that me- medicine, I um. I have some pretty damn trippy dreams, eh? And uh, I just have to be very, very careful to keep my sleep regular and to keep that medicine regular because for a while I was really having sleep problems. And I I think I was actually almost semi-conscious while I was having very, very small seizures. And I can tell you that that is not a pleasant thing. (laughs) So I've really put it down on both thing, on both things to do that regularly to be more regular with the sleep and especially the meds and that's really helped to get rid of that part of it so that's good I'm so glad. um yeah yeah me too because that was really it was really starting to impact my uh mental health my uh short-term memory and and just being agitated in that and so i i was i had to figure what out figure out what was happening and uh, take care of it. And I'm better than most people, I would say, or the average person at uh, at doing that. So, so I'm just going to my Facebook now, and uh, I'm just uh, going to post that link. And there we go. So you'll be able to see the graphic that I did with the app there. And that's that. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Robbie, great job tonight, baby. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can show you some love. Uh, I can be found on Facebook under Robbie's Multimedia Poetry. And uh, if you put in Robbie's Multimedia Poetry in other search engines, you'll see all the other things uh, that are coming up. So. And that's about it. I I uh, just did some stuff on the weekend before because uh, I turned 44 
on Sunday, last Sunday. So I did some more of the photography like you were talking about. Um, I went out to do some bird photography and that. So just to, just to celebrate that. So just no spiders I'll post some this year, links okay? To that too. Hmm? No spiders this year. <laughs> no. Well, I won't post. I I'm taking pictures of them, but I'm not going to post links to them for you. Oh, Thank the you. Link, the, the links the links you'll get will be strictly birds and and other and other kinds of things like that. <laughs> I would hate to have to unfriend you. They <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you would mean it too. <laughs> spiders, spiders. Why does he send me spiders? He knows I hate spiders. All right, Robbie, great job if tonight, I put honey. A disco Thank you, baby. Spider, yeah. If I put a disco spider up, that would be really. <laughs> okay. be, I hate disco. All right, honey. <laughs> Love you, sweetie. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Good to hear from you, Robbie. Bye, bye, hun. All right. Our next caller comes from area code five eight five five eight five. You're on the air. Hello. 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 Yeah. Hi. This is Doug Curry. How are you? Hey, Doug. I'm doing awesome. How are you, sweetheart? Okay. I'm, I just got a chance to join the show a few minutes ago, maybe ten minutes ago or so. I'm glad I was able to catch up. Um. And in the meantime, I'm trying to figure out what to read. I have, um, <laughs> yeah. I have, Anything you want. Okay. <laughs> so you're right back on my lap. Huh? Okay, there we go. Um, here, here, here is uh, a boom. It doesn't sound like one. But anyway, this is called Where Have You Gone? In the midst of everything, as the day arrives, escapes. Sometimes as moonlit shadows vanish under the glare of sunrise, time almost by, but stops to beckon me, come on, keep up, onward, and drags me unrelentingly from my reverie or sad dream, where through bare parted lips, a voice I hardly recognize pleads in a weak, consistent whisper, a whimper from nowhere, wailing out to anywhere. Where have you gone? That was phenomenal. Hey, are you going to read two tonight, Doug? I can, yeah. That, you know, now you solved my problem. <laughs> I didn't know which of the two be. So this is called Most of Us. It's a poem. Most of us are as drops in a bucket with a hole in it, too often sucked out the bottom, drained from ever reaching the top, drowning in the sea we might overflow. And Paul. Both of those were awesome. They were both much too short, but both of those were awesome. <laughs> I like short poems. <laughs> I know, but I'm greedy. I'm a woman. You give me an inch, you know I'm going to want a mile. And I can give you another one, but that was, you know, but yeah, I like to make the point and uh, not belabor it. All right, give me another one. Another one? Okay, well, yeah. Very good. One quick second. Okay. This is called Wood Scene. Wood Scene. And she pitched haltingly, stumbling amid the undergrowth, 
her tears drying quickly in the chilly fall wind, an asymmetrical trail of doddering footprints, snot, urine, and blood foretold her demise. The bow buckled, the bow buckled now, spine snapped, bewildered, failing at motherhood, gasping for breath, losing life. Ears pert, her spotted fawn watched fearfully, knowingly, and stayed back. Beyond the dense thicket, rethinking his ammo, cursing his rifle, examining again his scope, an unknowing novice damned his best luck yet. And poem. Wow. That was intense. That was uh, that yeah. that was that was awesome. That's one of my favorite poems. Is it really why? Tell us why. Because basically it's a story of a guy shooting up the woods. He shot the doe and didn't he was shooting at something else and he hit this animal and killed it. Which pretty much doomed the baby and he didn't even get the benefit of of having killed the deer if he was gonna use the meat or anything. He didn't even get the benefit. It was just a shot that went into a thicket and it was a drive by. So think things. think about that poem and think about it metaphorically, about how mm. we speak to people, how we use our words, how we interact, how we what fingerprints we leave on on human beings with our interactions. And to me, the reason I I wanted to to hear your reason was because of the way I thought that it was you know again another great crossover piece that you can actually use to. Think about how humanity interacts. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. And and the impact that it has directly and then indirectly, because you know we we only we don't need more than another sentence or two for you to know that the, the fawn would not survive. Yep. Exactly. That was a that was a very profound piece for me. I, th- I think that I think that's probably one of my favorites of yours as well. I'll I'll, I'll note that. <laughs> I'll note that. One of these one of these days when I particularly like you, which is you know pick one right, then I'm going to pull that one. <laughs> now this is one for Nyla. Nyla likes this one. <laughs> I do like this one. All right, sweetie, tell everyone how they can find you, honey. Well, I'm Doug Curry, and I can be found under my name on Facebook and by the name of my radio show, which is called Blacks and Blues, uh, which airs on Friday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Time at org. Also airs on Saturday night at 10 o'clock Central Time for one hour at org. So I have a Blacks and Blues page on Facebook. My name Doug Curry on Facebook. Also, allpoetry.com, which which I continue to swear by. I'm on that site as Manchild, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D, 99. And, of course, every Thursday that I can get here, I'm here. Okay, so, which we're very glad of, by the way. So I gave out some homework earlier. I gave it to Mama and I gave it to uh, Richard, both of them. And you should talk to Richard sometimes because he's a huge, huge blues fan. But I gave them homework to write a poem about Robert Johnson. 
I'm sure you know right off the bat who that is. I do. Mm -hmm. So if you have never written a poem about Robert Johnson and the crossroads or however, whatever take you want to take on that, um, that's my homework for you. I would like, because it's blues, man. It's the king. Mm. It's the the father of blues guitar. Yeah, okay. I think I will write something about that. I just watched a uh, documentary on him on Netflix this week. Actually, today, this week. I guess it's this week, today, earlier today. And just the whole, I had not, you know, I knew who he was, but I didn't know all of the story. And uh, there were things that I learned in the documentary that were just amazing. Then I got, you know, because I have to know everything because I'm a girl, you know. I I just have to get my face and everything. So I went online for forever it seemed like and just looked up everything I could find and read on and and listen to and just absolutely fascinating to me so knowing how you love the blues I think that would be a good homework assignment for you okay all right yeah I'm looking to write something about that um yeah that gets to be a very deep subject I just want to throw this at you as as people talk about him a lot of it is romance as opposed to history because they there's he lived in the segregated South, and there's not really a way for people to know some of the stuff they know about him. There's not really a way for them to know that he was the greatest of the guitar players because it, there was a black curtain. You didn't know what was behind it. It was probably the Delta, people. That's the area they call the Delta, right? Well, I'm just the fact of black, black, white segregation, no matter mm-hmm. where in the South is. You don't know yeah. what was on it. Okay. So there were probably guitarists in his region that when they walked in the juke joint, Robert Johnson might have wanted to walk out the back door. Okay? But we, but because because we have to take what we know and run with it, he's been proclaimed as the greatest and all of that. But we don't know. We have no way of knowing. That's true. It was a brutally segregated Society, right? And there's just no way for knowing. But if the so, ones we do know, he was. Yeah. I love that. I, I'm not going to go into it because if you, I want you to be able to introduce him through your poem. But I would just, you know how I am with history and weird, crazy stuff. I absolutely love it. I love the humanity and history. But yeah, I thought you might enjoy that one. So that that's your homework. Okay, I can. I can. If and when it goes back. into a poem, that would be great. You can bring it back. I will. I will do that. <laughs> All right. So do me a favor, Doug. Tell everyone how they can come show you some love. Okay. Just come and say hello to me on Facebook as Doug Curry or under my show's page, Blacks and Blues, uh, or you can find my stuff on allpoetry.com as Manchild, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D, 99. I look forward to conversing with anyone who wants to. And look forward to reading your stuff too. Listening to it is nice, but when we can get a chance to know where your stuff is and be able to look at it and read through it and reread it and go back and look at other stuff you got, that's kind of really nice too. It is, indeed. All right, my darling, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, you're just awesome. All right, well, I'll be back next week. I'll see you then. We will see you then. That makes me very happy. (laughs) Thank you, Doug. I'm glad you were able to get on, hon. All right. 
right, bye-bye. All right, and it looks like our next caller is going to be area code 608. 608, you're on the air. Hey, Fuzzy Herman in the woods. How I'm are you? Okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm wearing a different kind of headset tonight, so the mic is a little farther from my mouth. You actually sound really good. Yeah. Well, that's good. I uh, bought some Sennheiser in earbud things. Not real thrilled about them, but they got pretty good sound. <laughs> well, you 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 sound good to us. So maybe just a tad low, but you're coming through very clearly. I don't know how there's an adjustment for the mic. I don't know if turning is turning up the volume going to work then. Is that louder? I don't know. I can hear you really well. You're fine. Okay. Okay. I didn't know I was going to come on this early. Actually, there's no way I could have known that since I just called in a few minutes ago. This is true. (laughs) So what do you have for us, my dear? uh, I'm looking here. Um, Have you mentioned... uh, the black and brown there? Everybody know or have not? I, have I mentioned the puppy? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've been talking about the puppy tonight. <laughs> okay. Cool. I missed that it's, okay. You, you, it's okay. You can ask me about the puppy. Yeah. You okay? How's he doing? He's doing amazing. I've taught him to sit. I'm working on lay. Um, he's doing great on his his, his house training, um, working on his chewing because he wants to see things on food. Uh, I'm trying to, to work on the whole attention thing because he's, you know, he's uh, very independent in nature. And, um, yeah, he's doing awesome. He's so freaking cute. For those of you that may may not know, or you probably do know, but but uh, James has wolf dogs as well, and so he's we've been like on the phone nonstop together. You know, it's the people are starting to talk. We're we're like texting each other in the middle of the night and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, Nakota just did the cutest little thing. Here's a video. It's three thirty in the morning. Let me sleep on it. I know, but wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be one of those. Well, I'm gonna be one of those dog people, aren't I? Yeah, that's nothing wrong with that. It's I talk, I go off tangents when I talk to people. You know, if I call Verizon or I, I was actually talked to somebody the other day there about a problem, and she started. We talked for like half an hour about dogs. And for those of you who don't know, I have actually raised. Um, from birth to six weeks, actually, Amy's was the oldest I ever got, other than Abby at two years old. Um, I raised about 19 of them over the past uh, 24 years. Mm-hmm. So I know a little about them, a little bit about them. 
He's just been a delight, absolute delight. Oh, they are. You hand feeding him? Mm-hmm. Hand feeding him and regular okay. feeding him. When I train him, he okay. gets hand fed. Actually, he gets hand fed a lot. Good, because that helps teach him not to bite or nip, I should say. Most dogs don't do bite, really. They just nibble, nip. They just nom. They're teasing. You're a chew toy. Yeah. And and he's a chewer. He he noms on everything. He noms on my hair because I've been sleeping in the room with him. Um, (laughs) The whole bonding thing, you know, so I've been sleeping in the TV room and putting on. That's why I kind of part of the reason I named him Lakota is because I've been watching all these movies with wolves in them and, you know, that goes to the Native American, you know, crazy wolf and all those, or crazy horse, all those um, shows I've been watching all week long. And um, but so I sleep in there because he's in there with me and he's paper trained and everything like that. So I don't have to, so we, but he, he like gets on my head and he sleeps on my head. And then I'll wake up and mm-hmm. he's chewing on my hair. It's like, I'm going to be bald. I'm gonna have a big nommed piece that, out of my head. <laughs> it's it's that's not uncommon for some for whatever reason. Merlin, the first wolf dog I had uh, that I got in ninety nineteen ninety five, he always slept at my feet. He didn't want to sleep next to me. But after Abby had Merlin and Abby's litter, she moved into the house with Merlin and me, and she used to sleep next to me. Well. Merlin continued to sleep at my feet, although because I slept on the floor in the sunken living room, sometimes he would get up and go up the two steps to the dining room floor and sleep above my head, but about three feet away. But the chewing thing, yeah, well, fortunately, you just be grateful, not like Amy, who's completely obsessed with plastic. With what? And I can't... With plastic, anything plastic. I do, I can't remember. I've sent you a video from YouTube. Uh, Where's her name here? Um, oh, is it not in this one? It's Annika or something. So um, Animal Watch. She got. Oh, I just found these the other day. Yeah, I sent you a couple of them. It was it's just funny that you were mentioning about chewing hair because she had gone to see uh, some some wolf dogs. And one of them kept, while she was talking with the woman who was the breeder, that the wolf dog kept going and grabbing her hair. It's the funniest. I've never seen that before. I've never seen an adult do that. Okay, fine. But there's some really animal watch. It's, uh, it's super cool videos on different dog breeds, wolf dogs, wolves. Just some other stuff went down to the keys and fed fish and got a hand mouth by some tarpon. Oh, I forgot to ask you. When I I had called in during the last caller. Who is, is it a guitarist? Who is it? The musician from down south? I missed the name. Uh, you, uh, you said you watched Robert a Johnson. documentary or something? Robert Johnson. What? Robert Who? Johnson. Robert oh, Johnson. He's a he's a blues star from around 1911. He was born in 1911. Oh, okay. All right. 
No, I actually haven't heard of him. Because the blues guitar player that they think sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads because he was just a average to poor guitar player, disappeared for a year and a half, and came back one of the best guitar players anyone has ever heard and started a whole new change in music history because of the way he played. And so everyone says he, he went to the crossroads roads and sold his soul to the devil and came back this amazing guitar player a year later. There's just no way anyone could have gotten that good that fast. Robert it's, Johnson? It's amazing story, yeah. Okay. I'll have to go look. Um, so what are you going to read for us tonight? Because I can call and talk to you about stuff after the show, but we need to get to the point. Right. Yeah, I've just been looking here. I was hoping one. Still, I've been using my computer, still on my iPad, and I need to go copy some more stuff. Give me just a sec here. I'm sure there was one other one here. I can't find it. Let me see. Did you hear that? Now I just blanked out on what I was looking for. <laughs> Wait, I do have that one, don't I? Static in the line. I know there should be poetry on the line, James. Yeah. Just saying. Yes, I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, what is this? I must have put it somewhere else. I can't find what I was going to read. second I'm searching for here. Okay. Wow, Facebook was good this time. All I needed was the first two words. They must have done something to, uh, because I wasn't able to search for stuff on Facebook before and find it as easily as this. Um, This one is entitled The Emptiness Inside now filled from within. Otherwise, I uh, or I usually refer to this as the commando bomb. And if I sound a little weird or I stop, it's because I'm still getting used to these things in my ears because it makes it sound like my like I have a head cold. 
Mm-hmm. It's weird. I don't know if you ever use these things, but it makes it harder. Harder for you to hear your voice because they're in your ears. Yeah. But I don't have them jammed in. So, here we go. I see you in your red dress. I guess start over. I see you in your red stilettos and your short, skin-tight red dress. Cut so low, your breasts are more in than out. As you sit across the room, I see you playing with the straw in your drink. You quickly look away, averting my gaze. As you spread your legs, trying to entice me. The fact that you are going commando does not impress me. Although I do admire the view, what man wouldn't? I know you want to fuck me. However, I do not want to fuck you. Because I no longer want to feel the emptiness that lingers afterwards. Drained by you, as if a part of my soul had been sucked out of my body. What I desire is to stroke your hair. As I gaze into your eyes to smell your sweet scent beneath the exotic perfume you're wearing, to caress your silken skin, to make you, to make your sexual nerve endings burn with unimaginable anticipation. I want to undress you with my eyes and then watch you strip for me as I sit in my favorite chair. Moving slowly into the music, you do your best, gyrating as you remove your wares, one by one, pausing in between to get me to rise. I look a little bored, so you move closer and stand over me, your legs straddling mine. The light behind you casts Exotic shadows so sultry, your breasts in my face. I look deeper into your eyes, trying to find your soul. What I see is vacancy, your eyes betraying the emptiness inside, which you believe you can get filled by my holding you, by my penetrating you, by my filling you in my seed. I know you're kind because I used to be your male counterpart, your emptiness, your desire. I know all too well. I have grown much deeper since those days of wanton lust. What I desire now you cannot give me. Why, you may wonder. Because I want to caress your skin. I want to gaze into the depths of your eyes as I feel your breasts against my chest. I want to feel your legs wrapped around my hips. I want to hear you moan as we engage in Kama Sutra. I want to make love with you, not fuck you. I want to touch your soul. If only you will open yourself and allow me to come inside you to fill you from deep within as I embrace you where your soul resides and poem.
Absolutely awesome. And where was it? What was that one published in? This, this, um, I almost said that at the beginning. This is one of the poems that is in a book entitled Held, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is available on Amazon. It's an international anthology of writers from Canada, the U.K., and the U.S. And the piece I read a few weeks ago, Ghost, is also in there, along with, I think, uh, three or four more. I think a mosaic of life is in there. It might be. It's pretty short. So that's where you can find that. Or you can actually just, maybe it'll work for you. It worked for me. All I did was type the emptiness into the search box and actually pulled it up. That's why I said what I said about Facebook before I started reading. Because I've tried searching for stuff, I don't know, couple years ago and it was really hard to find stuff. Very cool. All right, Winsapian. Fantastic job tonight. Tell everybody again your Facebook page. You can find me by typing in poetry in the wind as one word, no spaces. Put it in the Facebook search box and you'll find me there along with the cool composite picture that Nyla made for me. And the book. And I mentioned Hell, the Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, available on Amazon from January or February 2012. International anthology of writers from Canada, the UK, and the US, and it also has some cool art in it. Actually, on the cover... Uh, the front cover, the back cover, uh, and random pages inside, including at the beginning of each more or less chapter for each of the the, people, uh, the writers that are in the book. But otherwise, you can't find me because I'm either the <laughs> Fuzzy Hermit in the Woods or I'm the Fuzzy, fuzzy Hermit on the Road. Yeah, but I can find you because I can call you after the show. Well, actually, not after. I'm going to go eat. But then I'll call you. Yum 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 yum. I know. Just make sure make sure make sure it isn't blue wilderness. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much. I will talk to you in a little bit, honey. All right. Sounds good. Thanks everybody. Have a safe weekend. Thanks, Nyla. I love you. Love you too, hon. Bye bye. All right. All right, everybody, you have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's been an amazing night. I want to thank all of you for being here, both callers and listeners alike. I'm going to end the show with a piece by... This is me stalling as I grab one real quick. By... By... We can't do one by Edgar Allan Poe. Why can't we do one by Edgar Allan Poe? We can do one by Edgar Allan Poe. Why not? So this is one by Edgar Allan Poe, and it is called The Valley of Unrest. Here we go. The Valley of Unrest Once it smiled a silent dell where the people did not dwell. 
They had gone unto the wars, trusting to the mild-eyed stars nightly from their azure towers to keep watch above the flowers, in the midst of which all day the red sunlight lazily lay. Now each visitor shall confess the sad valley's restlessness. Nothing there is motionless, nothing save the airs that brood over the magic solitude. Ah, by no wind are stirred those trees that palpitate like the chill seas around the misty Hebrides. Ah, by no wind those clouds are driven that rustle through the unquiet heaven unceasingly from morn till even. Over the violets there that lie, in myriad types of the human eye, over the lilies that wave and weep above a nameless grave. They wave. From out their fragrant tops eternal dews come down in drops. They weep. From off their delicate stems perennial tears descend in gems. <laughs>